Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Andrew Velez, and this is now episode 138. In this episode, we are going to debate whether or not Steph Curry receives biased media coverage, Zion's recent setback, Sabonis wanting out of Indiana, Jazz hiring Danny Ainge, Isaiah Thomas's Lakers debut, Kyrie's return, and more. A quick Patreon shout out to Matthew Jimenez, it's Black Ace, Anthony, P- BJ, PJs, Mario, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Brian, Ricky, E, Enzo, Sean Solis, Sean Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Court Cousins, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George, Hakari, Mateen, Dave Two Freedom, and J. Aqua. No more good old J. Aqua. We're not doing it anymore. Nah, man. He's mad because he he disrespected Hackensack. If you guys don't know, that's where we're from. And and that's why he's uh he's frustrated. About that, I'm waiting on my my apology message, bro. We always forget this to begin the show, but give our podcast a rating and review. It helps us out a lot in the algorithm and how people can find us. Also, drop a like on this full episode video on YouTube. Let's get it to 100 likes and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. We're trying to really grow our following on Twitter, so that would mean a lot. And today it is. Andrew's birthday, episode 138, December 18th, the day Andrew Velez was born. Shout out. Shout out. It's going to be a great day. Going to be an even better show. I'm excited. Let's do it. Yeah, show them your shirt right there. Oh, so quick shout out to my girl. Like I said, she's probably not going to watch this, but she did right for my birthday. She made me this shirt. Says the guy on the right, which is pretty funny. Definitely do. No, she was really cool for making this. And hey, this is a one of one. Hopefully, I get you guys some shirts, so maybe it's a three or three, but nah, she did her thing with these. Yeah, I, I, I joked about it before the show, but she got merch before us. That's crazy. Yeah, she, she got you merch before we got our fans merch. She said it must have taken her like four or five shirts to really to iron it out and make it look clean, but nah, it does. It feels nice and it looks nice, so that's all that matters. I was thinking about this the other day because um, as we've been growing, companies have been, have been reaching out to us, you know, for sponsorships or, you know, to be, be a part of their network and stuff like that. And a lot of the deals are bullshit. I'm not going to lie. A lot yeah. of the deals are disappointing. A lot of the deals are these companies trying to take advantage of creators that are up and coming and are desperate for money. And thankfully we're not in a position to where we're desperate for money. So we don't take these deals. And it had me thinking about all the promises that these networks make these podcasts or creators that they never fulfill on. And I would say to everybody, if you're into content creation and you're trying to do this, just go the independent route and don't try to try and act like you need a network to back you because this entire operation, this is why I feel so prideful about it. This was built from scratch. We, are nobodies like you know in the grand scheme of things we don't have uh we don't have hundreds of thousands of followers on social media that we told to listen to our podcast the entire growth of this podcast was organic from people just finding us and liking us and not knowing who we are but liking what we say and then continuing to tune in we didn't spend anything on promotion it had it has all been 100 percent organically built and i think that's the best way you don't need to manufacture an audience to have an audience or to build one. You just have to be patient and stay disciplined. And I, I feel very prideful about that because our podcast is more successful than people who have podcasts that 
supposedly are, you know, big time names. Wojnowski. Us <laughs> being ranked over Woj. Yeah, we, we were ranked ahead of Woj this past week. And, you know, Woj probably on the consistently gets more, course, you know, downloads than us. I, I would imagine yeah. he does. I would hope but, so. Yeah. <laughs> but for that one moment, we were ahead. And it's like, you know, we built this from the ground up. It's not like, and it's not even just like, you know, on some one, one thing wonder thing. Because there are podcasts that launch, they get into the top of the charts, and then they just fizzle out. You know, we have consistently stayed around the 30s and 40s range because, you know, of, of our fans and because you guys like us. And, definitely, you know, we proved ourselves to you and we're glad that you guys choose us to entertain you, to teach you about the game. Uh, despite what our clips on TikTok may may make you assume <laughs> yeah. we aren't a hot take machine because that's what people think we are. We are not that. And I'm glad about that. And this is going to be a great show. Definitely. COVID has taken over the NBA, kind of like the NFL. And if I were to list out all the names that have been affected by COVID, we'd be here for a while in the NBA, that players that are in protocols. But I want to talk about the biggest story revolving around this. The Brooklyn Nets had so many players on COVID. James Harden was in protocols. Kevin Durant is now in protocols. And it was reported by Shams that Kyrie Irving is returning to the Brooklyn Nets and he's going to play away games and practice what are your thoughts on this what does this mean for the brooklyn nets i'll start with you Riff. well it's kind of hypocritical of them you know in in a sense you think about it they, they're desperate right now you know with all these guys every every team is desperate right now you know my team the bulls we lost a lot of guys to the to the covid so i understand what they're going through and with kevin durant he just got hit with covid so that's going to be huge but i think right now at the moment they're looking at is we just want to continue to win games. You know, we want to continue to be competitive and we're willing to let bygones be bygones and let Kyrie participate. Now, putting Kyrie's safety in hand is kind of crazy. Now, and Kyrie, he's accepted this, but still, I, I still feel like I'm still a little on edge because at the same time, you know, you're still a part time worker. You're still not riding for your guys. So you're still not fully participating in the act of being winning, like winning with your team going through the process with your team, traveling with your team, going home, playing for the home crowd with your team, you know, and then essentially getting to the playoffs and then trying to win it all for your team. I still think you're being a little bit selfish, but this is just an act of desperation for the Nets. And I feel like they're just doing this because right now they're down bad. You know, a lot of a lot of these health and protocols is hitting their team. So they're one of the teams that <laughs> hit bad and Kyrie somebody who can save them. And also, if you look at it in this aspect, they can really, for Harden and Kevin Durant, sit them on road games, you know, give them a break, especially Kevin Durant, who's needed it after the couple weeks he's had, the, the monster performances he's had. He needs a break on the road so Kyrie can help in that situation too. So I, it's a win-win, I guess, for them. You know, they need the, the help. And right now, Kyrie just wants to play ball. Uh, this is pretty interesting because I wonder if they allowed Kyrie Irving to come back because they had some prior knowledge that Kevin Durant was going to be in COVID protocol. You understand how, like, yesterday we broke the news, or they broke the news that Kyrie Irving was coming back only for road games, but then now this morning we see that Kevin Durant's into COVID protocols. I wonder if it's because they don't want to be like or have a Bulls situation, a Bulls-type situation where they're going to postpone these games. So now they're going to be on the road. They have the extra player. They have the eight guys. So now they can actually, you know, get back onto the court. So that's a that's a, a concern of mine for them. And 
hypocritical was a good word, and I think that you look at the Nets organization; they were pretty sound. Uh, proud, uh, excuse me, they were pretty sound, pretty solid. That Kyrie Irving was not going to return to the squad until he was vaccinated because he was being very selfish in his approach at that. Whether he had any t- uh, kind of ulterior motive, that's that's completely different than the basketball side of it. Now Kyrie Irving's coming back, and again, you did not get the resolution that you wanted, but then you understand that it is Kyrie Irving. He is one of the best basketball players in the NBA. You want to have him back at all costs. So now, you know, you lose your best player in Kevin Durant, so you let Kyrie Irving basically off the hook in that sense. So that's where I kind of have a little bit of issue with the Brooklyn Nets, but in terms of the entire NBA, it's tough. They play in arenas, a confined space. The contact is very one-on-one right in your face like football but it's a little bit more open there's no a lot of their stadiums are not domes all arenas in the nba are closed off so that contact is much more direct than it is in the nfl we're seeing it spike up in the nfl still but in the nba it's going to be just as bad the bulls are completely shut down i believe they have nine players in protocol and even to piggyback off that you know we went to the Knicks game we're all closed up tight next to each other you know exactly no mask on like we're together yeah so you're not like, talking about the fans we're solely yeah. just talking about the players the fans. we were all hunched up. i'm talking about we're at the top of the arena and we're all hunched up together watching the game so it's like hold the hands yeah <laughs> damn near yeah. we might as well no nah, i know so. what you're saying it's like listen i understand it's about making money you just had a full season season and a half of being completely confined no fans no type of revenue in the sense of fans coming to see you play so i can understand that they don't want to stop the games because they need this type of money they already lost a millions and millions of dollars with the covid everything that had gone down in that sense but safety should be number one and that, that at the forefront of every discussion not just the safety of the players but the safety of the fans as well as much as we want to be there, as much as we want to see basketball being played, there's very few things that bring us more joy than watching sports. Health is, you can't do anything without your health. And I feel like that needs to be at the forefront. That needs to be into consideration much more than just basketball. Being vaccinated or not being vaccinated becomes such a political thing. Yep. In my family, my brother and my father, they're, they're advocates for getting vaccinated and they are two people that look down upon people who don't, who don't get vaccinated and feel like liberty should be stripped if you're not vaccinated. So I deal with people who feel that way and they are entitled to feel that way. I personally don't feel that way. I am vaccinated. I recommend people to get the booster shot. But if you don't want to get vaccinated, I am not opposed to that. I think everybody should believe in what they want to believe in. I'm happy this is happening. I'm happy Kyrie is back. The Brooklyn Nets need this. Yeah. He averaged 27 last year, shot 50, 40, 90. You know, forget about all the politics and all the, you know, stuff about health and safety, even though that's a very important thing. Just from a basketball sense, this is going to be so fun to watch. And I think it's important that Kyrie Irving came back now because when we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets, we know that with Harden and with KD, they can go far. But we don't know if they can beat Milwaukee or Golden State or Miami with just Harden and Katie. Definitely Chicago, they can beat. I was thinking, like, he definitely did not say Chicago on purpose. Chicago, they can beat. I'm not even worried about that, not even one bit. <laughs> but with Kyrie back, it's better that he came back now because if he came back three-fourths into the year now, you have to build that chemistry up again. 
coming back a quarter into the season, KD and Harden and him are going to have a chance to build up chemistry once everybody comes back from COVID protocols. And I think it's going to maximize their chances to win a championship because regardless of what everybody is saying, this year is a make or break year for the Brooklyn Nets. KD and Kyrie have been there for three seasons. It doesn't feel like it, but they've been there for three seasons. The first season, KD sat out. Kyrie damn near missed the whole year. The second year, KD came back. KD came back. You know, you got Harden in there. You brought in Harden, but the three of them never really played on the court. Now, this year's a third year. You started off the year with this, this Kyrie Irving dilemma. James Harden is due for an extension. He hasn't signed it yet. This is a make or break year for the Brooklyn Nets. And if they don't win a championship, Nets fans and NBA fans are going to look at the team as a major disappointment, regardless of the situations and circumstances that have plagued this team. So getting Kyrie now is the best case scenario for the Nets. And I can't wait to watch Kyrie play. And it's it's quite ironic that a guy who's who the Nets a guy who is unvaccinated, the Nets are going to rely on, you know, rely yeah. on. And the guys that are vaccinated, the Nets can't rely on because they're in COVID protocols. And a, a sole basketball standpoint, I'm sorry to cut you off, Riv. I know you want to say something, but in a sole basketball sense, you're 100 percent right in the terms of if these three guys cannot get a championship to Brooklyn, it's a failure. Because all anyone has ever spoken about with this big three is that it is the most skillful, most talented big three ever assembled together. At the minimum, it's the best big three offensively we've ever seen. You have one of the best scorers, if not the best scorer of all time in Kevin Durant. You have James Harden, who is just a machine in all aspects of his game, outside of defense, but most importantly, his offense. And Kyrie Irving, who's one of the most prolific scorers at the point guard position in NBA history. All three of those guys together should be enough to get a championship. I understand that the depth that they have right now doesn't match up to a Milwaukee or the depth of a Miami. But in terms of star potential, star talent, there's no one that's on Brooklyn's level. So it it would be inexcusable if they could not get that job done. I know you're not about to defend the Bulls. <laughs> you don't know what I was going to say. I hope it's not that. I, what I was going to say, well... You're losing in four with Kyrie there. Losing five listen, with listen, without him. All three of us here before the season started had the Nets as our number one team in the East. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. First of all, first of all, swept. Kyrie and Harden are both free agents at the end of the year. If if they decline, which they're probably going to decline because obviously you want more money. So this is a, like you said, this is a make or break year for the Nets. You said all the right things from a basketball standpoint. We want to see Kyrie in the NBA. We want to see him play. The Nets are. It, the, it's hard for me to say they're the best big three because you have to have the hardware yeah. to be considered one of the best. I you, agree you with that. Have, you have to, you have, it's not just a, oh, he's talented, he's talented, he's talented. They're together. They're the best. No, you have to have the success. You have to have the hardware. You have to have the, you know, the, the winning, the winning mentality. So it's hard for me to say they're the best, but no, I'm not defending. I, I was going to say, you said in the beginning Katie and Harden, we don't know. If, no, we know they can't beat Miami if it's just Katie and Harden. We know they no, can't we beat. Don't know. No, no, we know. I don't they know about Miami. No, 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 no. We know they can't beat about? Milwaukee. Yes, with Miami. Katie. Why can't they beat Milwaukee? Look at Harden. Just look at him. Like look at him. <laughs> just look, look at him. We know <laughs> this Harden right now. He's fourth all time and three pointers made. Cool. We know he's going to be third after this. We know right now. This KD backpacking, because basically what he did in the playoffs last year. Yeah, he did. Can, 
cannot beat Miami or Milwaukee. Well, KD backpacking some Milwaukee to seven. That, like, I'm not saying that Milwaukee, that Miami's a bad team by any means. Obviously, defensively, they're like that. But why are you grouping Miami with Milwaukee in that I'm sense? not grouping Miami with Milwaukee. I just think KD is just not enough to beat a defensive machine like Miami. Okay, fair enough. I mean, that's you know fine. I mean, you have every right to believe what you believe. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And then I, talk I about think... the Warriors. We're not even going to speak on that part. Right, yeah, okay. no, we're that's totally talking games. And, and that's why I said. Right. And that, You're and saying that, that the, the Warriors will get the Nets. The Warriors, with, with this Kevin Durant and this Harden right oh, now, oh, five oh, games yeah, Warriors. Yeah, yeah. But easily. I'm glad but that you feel that way. now we're talking about the big three, though. Oh, the big three. We all know that they were the number one team Yeah, the big three. I think so, too. I'm glad that you feel that way. But I was talking about Chicago. I know that they probably can't beat the Bucks or... Oh, we Warriors. Can beat them. Oh, or, is it this Harden or, or the Harden, Heat? With Harden and KD, nah. I, I think the Bulls could beat them. Can with no, Harden, and K- yes, yes, they can. can. Absolutely, yes, not. yes, they say can. absolutely not. With, this, absolutely with your guy right now, it's ridiculous. He hasn't been asked, but he hasn't been. Demar Derozan isn't good in the playoffs. LeBron right? is not here anymore. Please, he wasn't good even when LeBron wasn't well play, playing him. I mean, that one series though. No, there was multiple series. His about against Paul George and Paul George lost him. I remember that series very vividly. But for Paul the George mo- isn't a regular player, though. And the other times was basically LeBron. Yeah. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. That's what I'm saying. One LeBron. series outside of LeBron. And then he played the Heat. I don't remember how good he was in that series. But he's always averaged in every single series at least 20 points. Yeah, and then like under 40% from the field, which is horrible. That is pretty bad. Doesn't Harden do that? No, he doesn't. Oh, he do does that. a little bit over, like forty-two, do forty-one, forty-three. Don't compare DeRozan ever to Harden. No, bro. but but don't you, compare. This, no, season, this wait, wait, wait. season's legitimately the only time in NBA, like in history, that nobody's compared. And Demar's not even better than Harden if you add in playmaking, and rebounding, and all that other stuff. Like, rebounding, they're the same guy. Come on, just because one guy rebounds more because he's the big man for the team. Come on, bro, don't do that. Who's the bro. big man Who? for the team? James Harden, Harden is a big man for the team. Not, he's not serious? a big man, but Demar has big men on his team, bro. Like it's like serious. Like Demar has big men on his team. That actually yes. gets rebounds, yes. bro. Like, come on. But oh, the maybe maybe your point would be valid if Harden didn't do it in Houston as well. But like, he has a track record. We're talking about right now, though. All right, that is we're even, ta- because we're talking about season. Houston James Harden. He's a different animal. We're yeah. talking about right now, Brooklyn James Harden. I mean, his, this guy, he's his PER is better than Demar Derozan oh still. Oh, so like, I don't know what the playmaking is. What separates it? That's the playmaking really is, is adorable. Yeah, the playmaking is one thousand percent adorable. It's adorable. What the hell? It's awesome. It's incredible. Yeah, but I know, like, I know you don't believe James Harden has played better than Demar Derozan at this point. I one hundred percent believe. It's like, bro, really. Yeah, like you watch both of the play, you truly believe like like this is like you really believe. Yeah, Harden has definitely been better than Demar this year. You think? Yeah, so? Harden's worst is Demar's best. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, Harden's worst is Demar's best. Harden not being being okay is Demar being elite. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then Harden so being not, elite, Demar so, is not even so, in the same so, stratosphere. So playmaking, obviously Harden gets. I think scoring, Demar has been better than this year. Oh, okay, efficiency across the board, Demar has been better this year. Yeah. Rebounding, they're probably shooting. around. The, they're shooting around the same. Rebounding, they're yeah. probably around the same. Harden probably takes away more though. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So rebounding, they're probably around. the Harden's same. averaging two more rebounds. Yeah. So and then and and five the, clean assists. And then in the fourth quarter, I don't think it's a comparison who's been better this year. I think that's been clear He's as been the day best DeMar quarter. DeRozan. Yeah. So what are, we saying? what are we saying here? I mean, I'm confused. I, mean, I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say DeMar is better than James Harden? He's, he's been playing season, better yes. than da- James Harden. I don't Harden. care what he's been doing. He's not better than Harden. Like, why, is that, why isn't that I know. a listen, I'm, listen. And he hasn't been better than Harden this year. Oh my. When I account for everything Harden does on the court, yeah, yeah. but like, he hasn't been better the, than him. The efficiency yeah. is not there this season. I was getting backpacked. Come on. he's averaging... Like seven less points than his normal. He's been getting backpacked all year. 
It just getting packed packed is averaging twenty. The only thing I'll 10. say is it's not, like it's like the same thing we do with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis oh, is having in a smooth, clean twenty four and ten, but it's not. It's not like when we see. Oh, we it, it's know. Not, we, it's I know. Not it, I know like it's, it's not hard. I know this that. isn't Harden. I know, not. but he's going to be hardened by the end of the year. I hope you know that. See, but then what, how? <laughs> if history has said anything, oh boy. it should be the opposite. Harden <laughs> is usually the bet one of the best players in the NBA come regular and season. You've, you've told us he drops off in the playoffs. You've told us that. You've come out your mouth. No, and he said, drops off, but he so, doesn't drop off as much as I think he no, does. So wait, 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 so what makes you think? A, what a ma- so what makes you think he's going to get better that's, from this in the playoffs? When his he's like you said historically, Demar has dropped off. Fair to say, so has. James Harden. So what makes you think he's going to get better than this? <laughs> oh my god. Than this right now. Like honestly, like honestly. You know, the fact that I'm Which, even arguing this right now is a, is a waste a valid of question. my time. It's a valid question. But I'll I'll answer Thank it anyway. You. Answer. Thank you. DeMar's dropping off No, no. Is, no, 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 no. Let me let me answer. Let me answer. DeMar is an all-star normally. Yes. Dropping off yeah. when he drops off in the playoffs, he becomes Tobias Harris, and you have been mid. very vocal about mid. Tobias. He's mid. mid. Harden is superstar MVP, top three, top five player in the regular season. In the playoffs, he's top ten player. He's not top five. Wait, this he's year he's been player. top five. What this year he's been top five? No, he hasn't been. Oh, top so five. Let, let, let's go. This you didn't answer the question. Has Harden been top ten this season? He's probably been on the fringe <laughs> of it. So he's been a fringe. He's been a high end All Star this year. Yeah. Oh, so let me that's ask you. DeMar DeRo- that's better than what DeMar DeRozan has been his entire See, career. See, you're not answering my question. We're talking about this year. You keep right. going in the past. All right, I'm going to name I'm going to name you a couple guys. You tell me if you're taking this guy or <laughs> Yeah, this Harden. guy. We All don't right. even call him Harden no more. It's this Kev- guy. Kevin Durant. I'm taking KD. Trey Young. Trey. Giannis. Giannis. Steph Curry. Steph. Jokic. I'm taking Jokic. Luka. 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 PG. Harden. Ooh, oh that's spicy. That's spicy. I won't Take say I won't say Demar because I know where you stand on that one. Yeah, Harden, LeBron, LeBron, um, Embiid, Embiid. If we're taking in his injuries into it, I'm taking Harden, Levine. Damn. Demar's been better than Levine. That's tough. So how you gonna say, yo? This guy, now, he's been bugging. Levine's been. If Levine you're not hasn't gonna, bugging. if you're not gonna give credit to Demar, because Demar and Levine have just been the best duo in basketball. <laughs> I think least. Levine's better than Demar, though. I agree. Okay, that's fair. That's I agree. Fair. I'm taking Levine right now. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan. Devin Booker. Harden. Chris Paul. Right Harden. now. Harden. Devin Booker is you like you're not entertaining it. I'm not entertaining. Okay. It. Okay. All right. <laughs> So how many guys was that right there? I think 10, okay. 11, something like that. I told you he's fringe. <laughs> he's fringe. So what is he going to drop off fringe. to? He's not going to drop off to nothing. He's going to get better. Tatum? Respectfully. Harden. Oh. Confidently? Yes. Wow. You're this being year. nice. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, Tatum's been, he's been bugging Harden's problem is that he, his conditioning hasn't gotten, he, he hasn't gotten his conditioning under him. He's going to he do it. He had a it. full off season. Bro. You're right. You're right. He had a rehab. Right. The hamstring. The correct. Yeah. Correct. 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 He's going to, he's going to get better. I'm telling you. I'm and berating. then when he does, look, I told you last year. Is it crazy to say Lamelo has been playing better? What no, the heck? Stop. I'm asking. Anyway, stop. Come on. Bro, Come on. Lamelo. No, bro, bro. John Murray has. 
I mean, they essentially have the same exact stat line. No, they, no, he hasn't. I think you know what I think you're doing, and I think you're you're not looking into account these other guys' situations. <laughs> like, I think you are just <laughs> look like James what are Harden, the Nets, bro? Their spacing is trash. Their spacing is trash. Yet look at the best player in the world that they play for. They play, yeah, Kevin but Durant's you know you know that Steve Nash staggers their minutes, and sometimes Harden's on the on the That's court fair. with yeah. no spacing at all. Yo, I'm just saying, you guys scoffed at Lamelo. Lamelo with not Kevin Durant has is averaging about the same points you know, per we're gonna, game. We're going to kind of scoff again, right? He's averaging the same points per game. He's averaging more rebounds. <laughs> he's averaging. I'm one not going to. I'm really. I'm not entertaining. Lamelo's having a great year. I'm not going to entertain. All right. I'm not entertaining that either. And the, right. the John Morant thing. You know the Grizzlies have a bottom twenty defense with John Morant on the floor. The Grizzlies have been so good these past couple of these past two weeks because. Their defense has been number one without John Morant. So don't tell me John Morant has been better than Harden because the Grizzlies are playing better without John Morant. That's a good point. It's fair. It's fair to say. It's fair to say. Well, let's move on and let's talk about your guy. You know, Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph Curry passed oh, the all-time right three points no, record. Three record? pointers record. Oh, 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 I thought you meant like MVP. I'm just like Steph Curry is yeah. now number one in all-time three pointers made, and he passed Ray Allen when he made two his two thousand. 974 three-pointer. It was at MSG. You know, Steph Curry was like, I love MSG for embracing me and letting me have that moment. And that's what Knicks fans are all about, man. That's what the Garden is all about. That's why superstars want to come here and play. It's the house that Steph Yeah, built. It's, uh, it's the best arena in the world. And that's why I we're going to get superstars sooner rather than later. Uh, uh, Steph Curry was pictured with Reggie Miller and Ray Allen. Fire. An, an awesome moment. Crazy. I'm thinking about getting it and framing it and putting it somewhere here. Uh, don't, you, they don't get the right to frame that in here. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> he's a newfound Steph Curry fan. What I want to ask you guys is, we know he beat the record, but how many do you think he's going to finish with ultimately, and will his record ever be broken? You know, it's crazy because we had a segment. Drew asked me about this before, and I didn't think into the account that he's still going to be playing for a couple more years. So, you know, I did a little boggling in my mind. I think he's going to be in his prime for two, three more seasons. You know, I think he's going to do that. Give he's him gonna- a break. Give him a break. <laughs> Give him a break. <laughs> Give him a break. Give him a break. <laughs> chill off me. 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 <laughs> Bro said boggling. It <laughs> yes, yeah, he didn't have to do it. I said what? <laughs> <laughs> Bro didn't even say thinking. He said, he said boggling. <laughs> Yo, you know what's crazy? He knew. He knew. He knew. He knew. Yeah. Oh my god. Right, yeah, that's crazy. The nerve of you to laugh, though. The, the nerve of you to laugh after you the mean? stuff you were just saying. Pretty oh short. It is ridiculous. Come on. But like Stop I was it. saying, Stop nah, it. I was bugging. But like I was saying. <laughs> Like I was saying, I, I did a little math in my head, and I think he'll be in his prime for two, three more seasons, and he'll hit about 300 more threes. Yo, I think this guy has a chance to go north of 400, bro. Like, I'm 4,000. Pardon me. It's ridiculous. Oh, easy. Like, That's like, clean. He, yo, what, like, he could possibly hit 5,000 made three-pointers, bro. Like, and the season isn't over yet. Like, he, he has ways to go. So I think for Steph, 5,000, it could be easy for him. I don't know if anybody could break it. Like, they was breaking it down. For Luca, I think it had to be about 16 seasons of 250 made threes. Trey Young had to be about the same thing. Dame, it had to be like eight more seasons of that. I don't think, I think this is one of the untouchable records. I don't think this record could ever be broken. And I think Steph Curry has truly cemented himself, like he said, as the greatest shooter to ever play in this NBA. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter we'll ever see. 
even when he's done, I don't know if there'll ever be another guy that'll touch what he's done. Sure, we'll see people that are going to be compared to Steph Curry because he's going to be the new Michael Jordan for three-point shooting. He is by far and away the best three-point shooter ever. And in terms of what number do I think he'll probably get to, if he turns into that Ray Allen-type player, the way that Ray Allen did towards the back end of his career, what he did with Miami the last couple of seasons that he had with the Celtics, it's not impossible that, let's say, after these two, three, maybe even four more years of being in his prime where He'll be he's probably going to hit upwards of 300 for those next three seasons. So we're looking at that's around an th- extra thousand threes right there at the minimum, 1,200 threes. So already he's getting pushed into that 4,000 with just those years. So now let's say he has an extra three seasons after that with being Ray Allen. But like you've mentioned, he doesn't want to... He doesn't want to have that type of role. He wants to either be Steph Curry or that's it. He doesn't want to have a, or be a role player. But people start to realize once they come towards the end of their career that, man, I, I don't want to give this game up. I love this game too much that anything to what it takes to be on this court, I'll do. So I'm not going to rule out the fact that he's going to do that or not. But, you know, he makes his own decisions. We'll see what happens when that that point in time comes. I do think it's possible he hits 45 to 40, like 45 to 4,900. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Again, with three or four seasons left in his prime, we're looking at 1,200 threes potentially. And that, again, that's already eclipsing 4,200. 4, and if he takes that role as a Ray Allen, it's not impossible. He gets close to five. I was doing the math, and he makes 3.8 threes per game for his career. So that's not even counting all the years in his prime because there are some years where early on you know he wasn't what he is now he plays 69 games a year on average if you do the math and you multiply that that's 786 threes over the course of the next three years he's at basically 3,000 right now so over the next three years he could be at 3,800 threes around there and if he plays at a high level you know four or five years yeah, he's going to touch 4,000 plus Easy. easily. He's going to touch 3,500 plus easily. And it's it's a great milestone. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter that I have ever seen in my lifetime, that we have ever seen in our lifetime. And I don't think the record is going to be broken until 40 years from now. And I say 40 because right now I'm 22. When I have a kid in a couple of years, when he turns 20, my kid's going to break it. My kid's going to break the record. So, you know, I'm going to have him I'm going to have him in the gym early every day. He's going to be chewing the ball by the time <laughs> he's 3 and he's going to be, you know, I'm I'm going to school secondary. It's going to be gym first. I like that. I'm going to have him grind grinding at 6 in the morning. But yeah, I think this this might be one of those unbreakable records, but because of the volume that players shoot now, it, it might be broken maybe by like a Trey Young. Trey Young could definitely do it. See, but again, we Reggie Miller and Steph Curry just sat down and had this interview. They would have to average 253s for 16 seasons. Trey Young, Luka Doncic. These guys would have to be the model of consistency. You have to also remember, like he said, because he said he, the average was 3.8, but I'm looking at his prime years where he started. Oh, to it's, it's at a minimum five, of like five. Exactly. Four. Like this is made. Five threes made. Four threes. Four, five, five, five right now. So it's like, and he takes about 11, 10, 10, 12, 10. 13, 14, like these are the volumes. That's going to stay around the same. So Trey Young is probably, you know, his, he's probably going to up his volume too at a certain point. So Trey's at 2.7 May 3s right now. Trey right is now. also, excuse me, Steph Curry is also not the distributor 
that Trey Young is. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I feel like those kind of numbers will kind of lean towards fold of the century. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So that's where I think that Steph Curry will have the edge in terms of the all-time record because uh, Trey Young is so pass-oriented. But obviously, Trey Young's going to get his when he's going to. Yo, you you violated. My fault, yeah. My fault. Yo, that's funny. But uh, nah, it's all good, though. It's just a little bit of water. But let me look at Trey Young's three-point attempts right now. Early in, early in his career, he's averaging. First year, it was 1.9. Next year after that, it was 3.4. That's the highest his career. Then 2.2, 2.7. So it's like he's not even coming close. What about Trey? Yes. He just started. Fair enough. But that was Steph in the beginning was at two. Then he's at then he made two. Then he was at two again. So Steph started off slow. Fair enough, but I feel like he Trey Young's better earlier in his career than Steph Curry was. But yeah. So I feel like it's not unreasonable to think that How many threes did Trey hit his rookie year? Three, like num the number sound. The num- yeah. Let's see. Steph his first two years didn't hit two hundred threes. He hit 156. Steph, his first year, hit 166. Then year two, he hit 151. And Trey regressed last season in terms of threes. He went 156, 205, and then 136 last season. Trey hit, in his second year, also hit 72 more. games. In his second year, hit more than Steph. Steph is at, went 166, 151, and then 55. Steph also was injury-ridden his early part of his career. And all that to say he still broke the that's record is insane. Steph Kurt, that's where we got to give praise to Steph. Steph is a different beast. Steph just... Got into that groove that 14, 15 season and just hasn't looked back since. All right, we had to take a we had to take a small break in the show because Looper. Riff poured water on her laptops. <laughs> Don't say it like that. That's basically what, what you did. Might as well unscrew the cap and just poured it all over our laptops. Bro, this bro. I just bought this Mac, bro. I'm about to have about water damage. You better own. Would they be able to see that? Because it's clear. I clearly, obviously, <laughs> of course, they saw it. <laughs> they did see so, it. So, bro. It was a, obviously a mistake. You know, I, no, I like, need someone to clip your face <laughs> when you realize that you folded. It was, <laughs> <laughs> I, was so I saw his face. His eyes were boggled, bro. Because I thought it was like about to go everywhere, boggled. bro. I was like, no, not on the mat, bro. I was like, damn. bro. He did it like three fourths into the Steph Curry segment, the three point segment, yeah. and I'm like, yo, bro. I swear, like, I can't even. <laughs> think about this no <laughs> I'm like nah like he really poured water on my Mac <laughs> yeah that was crazy that was crazy oh my I'll gosh yeah bro you're gonna have to open it that way now yeah. you know what I'm saying you're gonna cut away from us bro. yeah if it if it if it drops it's gonna be on yours <laughs> guy's a clown it's alright bro we're gonna stay on the topic of Steph Curry and the reason why is because he's in the MVP race right now NBA just released their released their ladder and KD is number one. Deservedly so. Shouldn't be any other way. Yep. Steph Curry's two, though. But throughout the course of this year and in years past, it feels like Steph Curry gets a lot of biased media coverage. The media loves Steph Curry. They never try to show him in a negative light. His bad games get glossed over while other superstars' bad games get shown in the limelight and, you know, they get... They get discredited for all their achievements because of these games. The same doesn't happen to Steph Curry. So in this MVP race, I think Nikola Jokic is having a better season than Steph Curry. But Steph Curry is still in front of him in the race. And I think even Giannis, you can argue, is having a better season than Curry. So why do you think people think Steph Curry is 
automatically should be placed in the top two of the race or they think it's a two-man race, why do you think it is? And do you think that Curry does get biased coverage? Oh, you know, for starters, I do think, and this is a Steph fan telling you this, I do think he gets a lot of bias. Yeah, he does get, in the media especially, you know, he gets a little bit too biased. Like, I was was watching... Zach Lowe sh- show some love to uh, the Joker for the MVP race. And I think Steph gets that because just of the fandom of Steph. You know, the people love Steph. He's a fan favorite. You know, people love his game. And he does his, you're right. His, he's been playing mid for about two, two, three weeks. Going, he had a 30 ball. It, it was an efi- inefficient 30 ball, you know, but that's th- just been the season for him. Yeah, he hasn't been. I think, like, and I, I've said this before, I, I don't think Steph has been. I think Steph has been great, but I don't think Steph has been last year's Steph. I don't think Steph has been elite nope. by any stretch. But I think the reason why he is number two or he was number one is because his team is winning at such a high rate. He's the only star on his team, technically. You know what I'm saying? There's a bunch of really good players. Dream on, we can consider a star too. But I think when Borderline. people yeah, when people view them, it's like a really good team and then that just that one superstar. So I think he's that's why he's been getting it. But I think, you know, the, the Joker, he deserves MVP love, but his team just isn't that good. You know, even though when he's on the court, they're one of the best teams in the league. And when he's off the court, they're like one of the worst. They're not winning. You know, MVP's not really going to show love. It hasn't shown love to the guys where I want unless you're doing something historical like a Westbrook triple-double. And the Joker already did something historical last year. With Giannis, I think he's creeping. But I think devoid of fatigue is maybe might hurt him. I think he should definitely creep up. But I think people do look at Steph in the media and they get a little too biased towards him. They don't, you know, highlight the bad games or the horrible games. Like that game against Philly wasn't talked about enough when Philly really – clamped down on Steph and made him have a really bad game. It wasn't talked about enough. So I think a lot of the times that does happen, but that's just the reputation Steph has built up in the league, being that guy who gets, you know, protected a lot. But I think sometimes he does deserve it, but other times it is a little bit too biased. You look at these last couple of games that Steph Curry's played, couple, I'm talking like a span of five games, 38% from the field, 42% from the field, 40% from the field, 30% from the field, 42% from the field. Steph Curry's efficiency this year is at a career low. His three-point percentage is 39%, and believe it or not, that is a career low for Steph Curry. Now, to the question of, does he get biased media coverage? Of course. For years, it's been like this. But when you revolutionize the game of basketball, you get a little bit more leniency towards your game. LeBron, KD, Jokic, Giannis— I would take Jokic out of this conversation for for my point that I'm about to make. Their games have been seen throughout history in terms of you have LeBron, who's a bully ball type player. We've seen that in the game. A bully ball type player whose mid-range game is not that of a Kevin Durant or a Michael Jordan, but it's still solid enough. But there's pieces that you could take apart to it. But we've seen it in history. Kevin Durant. Michael Jordan-esque, except he could shoot the basketball. And he has the length. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Shaquille O'Neal, except he is just a more physical freak in him in terms of speed. We've seen these throughout history. We haven't seen a Steph Curry. And I think that weighs heavy on the media's thought process. And the fact that no one's seen a 6'3 guy shoot the lights out of the, out of the ball, have the ball handling that he does, has done nothing in his personal life to give any type of media outlet any kind of substance to try and minimize what he's done as an individual. You look at LeBron. People say that his hand in politics is too much. He needs to stick to basketball. The dumbest thing I've ever heard, but that's what people say. Kevin Durant, his decision. Giannis, 
I don't, I, even I, don't know. I don't understand how you could <laughs> criticize Giannis personally, but they find a way to. Steph Curry has just kept to himself, kept team-oriented basketball at the forefront of his career, and has been consistent in his approach at basketball. There's nothing that the media can try to do to make Steph Curry look bad. And Curry has done a great job of protecting his image. But I feel like that's why it's a little bit more biased because, again, he revolutionized the way that people play basketball today. And you just look at the numbers of when he first came to the league in three-point attempts to now, it has tripled in the term in the number of attempts per game per NBA team. So I feel like that's why he gets a little bit of protection by the media. In terms of Jokic, it also does not help Jokic he plays in Denver. That plays a huge part in how media perceives a player. We spoke about it on last week's show with Rudy Gobert, or at least I spoke into it a little bit. He's playing in Utah. These aren't huge markets that people not like us who care about the game that are watching these small market teams because small market teams have excellent basketball players. For mainstream media, all they're pushing out is Steph Curry, LeBron James, who's in L.A., Kevin Durant, who's in Brooklyn, Giannis, who... Yeah, well, a special case who's in Milwaukee and just chip. he deserves and Giannis also does a great job of selling his personality. Jokic really is a I play basketball. I'm not worried about the extracurricular noise. I'm just worried about being the best ball player that I can be, similar to Rudy Gobert. <laughs> They're not winning popularity contests. They only care about being the true hoopers that they want to be. So there's a lot of things that go into Steph Curry getting biased media. I'm fine with it to a degree. I don't like the the, the scrutinizing game to game, like what I just did with the the field goal percentages. It's like I'm just showing you Steph Curry hasn't been the all world Steph Curry that he has been in the past. But again, there's valid reason why we 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 don't shit talk Steph Curry. Steph Curry is the most pampered superstar of all time, the most protected superstar of all time. You talked about how he hasn't done anything in his, in his personal life to make him a target. Well, yes, he's an avid Democrat, kind of like LeBron James. And when LeBron James speaks out about politics, everybody goes after him. When Steph Curry does it, nobody cares. And Steph Curry was on a show not too long ago with Andre Iguodala. And the show was called The Winged Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. And he quite literally said he thinks the moon landing was fake. Imagine if Kyrie Irving says that. Imagine if, you know, other players say that. Oh, if Kyrie says that, along with the fake, with the flat earth stuff and the anti-vax stuff. I mean. uh, Oh, yeah, he's going to get a lot of pushback. But Steph Curry (laughs) thinks the moon landing is fake. You probably, this is the first time a lot of you guys are hearing about that. That's because he's the most protected player in the NBA He is the most pampered superstar in the NBA. And the fact that some people have the nerve to have him number one in the MVP race, even number two, is a joke. Because Nikola Jokic has been by far better than Steph Curry this year. He has the highest PER of all time. When he's on the court, the Nuggets are one of the best teams in the NBA. When he's off it, they they are the worst team in the NBA. Last year... When Steph Curry was being great and being historic, this guy finished top three in MVP voting. He and his team didn't even make the playoffs. 
Like the, the Warriors didn't even oh, yeah. make the playoffs. Oh, I don't I don't oh, want yeah. you to oh oh I I'll wait for you to go. Oh, but yeah. this is my turn right now. How, how quickly, this is my turn right now. How quickly bro is on the Steph Curry. Now, hold on, train. hold on. Let him go. Let him go. Go. Let him go. He finished top three in MVP voting, and last year the media did everything in its power to try to strip the award. From Jokic, whether it be Joel Embiid returning from injury, whether it be Steph Curry going bonkers and shooting a bunch of threes and stuff. The fact that Steph Curry finished top three MVP voting was a joke last year because he he didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Nikola Jokic right now, uh-huh. yeah, his team isn't very good, uh-huh. but the Nuggets are in the playoffs right now. They're in the picture. And Nikola Jokic oh. having by far a better season than Steph Curry Giannis is having a b- far better season than Steph Curry right now. He's averaging 27, 12, and 6. And the Bucs are a top three seed in Eastern Conference. So his team is winning. What's the excuse for Giannis? Curry is the fourth player in the MVP race. It's KD, it's Jokic, and it's Giannis. Then it's Curry. The fact that some of y'all have Curry at number two or one is a joke. And don't even get me started about KD. KD is by far and away running with this award right now because the Nets are the first seed. And this past week, he had 34 against Philly, 34 against Toronto, and 51 against Detroit. Curry has not done that Bro, so this Detroit. season. It's still impressive. Hold on. He hasn't done what? Because he gave 50 to Atlanta. He hasn't done it and in a week. Gave, and he, he, and he, he hasn't gave, done it. He hasn't done what Katie's done in the span oh, okay, of a okay. week. That um, he hasn't done that. No, okay, that's fair. Um, listen, sir. Listen, you said a lot. You said a whole lot. The one thing that really triggered me and that really boggled my mind is you said, I uh, quote, the Nuggets are in the playoffs, but the Nuggets are in the same place that Correct. Steph was in last year as to why he was top three. So your whole point about how at least the Joker has them in the playoffs? No, he has them in the play-in, the same place Steph was in last year. And, and, and it's the same situation. Steph, when he was off the court last year, they were statistically, statistically one of the worst teams in NBA history. The same with this Denver team now. And where does the Joker have them now? In the play-in. That's the only thing I have an issue with because you made it seem like the jo- the Joker has him as this fifth seed, fourth seed. No. Like actually, game away actually from <laughs> the funny part is Steph, when he played, had them as a fifth, sixth seed. He, they were actually in the playoffs. Like, they were locked in, but he missed games. The Joker does not have them in the playoffs. He has them in the play-in. And, and, and you know, the whole Giannis thing, not going to go back and forth with you on that. Because that's a fair assessment. The whole KD thing, KD's been going absolutely bananas. He's MVP. better than your guy. He's the reason your guy has two more rings. Don't forget that. That don't, is a fact. Don't get into that. That's a fact. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Actually, oh, actually, don't you, start you, that you know what's the thing? You know what's funny about what you're saying? What you just told me is that Steph Curry had the same had the Steph Curry had his team in the same place as Jokic. And Curry, when he was healthy, was a fifth seed. Well, how about you stay healthy, man? I mean, that's part of the MVP race. Part, why didn't Embiid? Why? Why didn't Embiid? He's right, though. Why yeah, didn't Embiid win? I don't like the sentiment, but he's right. Embiid should have been MB MVP. Embiid didn't win because Correct. he was hurt. So mm-hmm. part of the race is staying healthy for the entire year and being there for your team. Fair. And say what, you, say, say, say what you want to say about the Warriors and the Nuggets. Compare this Nuggets team to the Warriors last year. The Warriors roster last year was better than this year's Nuggets. It is a little bit better. Debatable. It is in terms of their secondary third. Like you know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, their guys are getting hurt. You just told me don't, get, don't get hurt. Do they and you're have talking a about you're talking do they about have a Draymond. And you're talking about Steph Curry and the war. And the Warriors are bad without him on the court. I agree, and I know that's a fact. Yeah. 
when Draymond's off the court, their their defense sucks, bro. Like Draymond is literally the glue to that team. He um, has such a huge impact to that team, and no, I, his I, impact gets minimized so no, much no, no, because no, no, we praise Steph so much. No, 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 I'm not. But I'm not. I'm not diminishing. I'm not dimini- dim- diminishing. Diminishing. There is nobody on the team that when Jokic goes out can. At least keep the team afloat wait, on you either Draymond? side. Wait, on they, wait, either wait, wait, side wait, wait, wait. of the court. See, this is this is how I know. This is how I know you don't know what you're talking about because when, right, when, when Steph, I don't know you're when Steph get left, when Steph got hurt and Draymond was still there, they lost every game. So for you to say there's how nobody, their wait, wait, it doesn't matter. They lost every game. I get so it, for but you, for, I so said for, on one, hold on, hold on, 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 on one side of the court, at least they hold up. No, no, it's not about if the Joker gets off the court and they lose every game, and the Warriors lose Steph and they lose every game, but Draymond's still in the court. It doesn't matter. They both lost every but in game. In terms of a roster, we're just talking it about do, the roster. They lost every game, bro. I understand what Steph, you're, Steph gets yes. back on the court, and they're saying, a different team. What you're bro. saying is right. Yes, I and understand. So it doesn't matter. But that being said, you still look at the two rosters. MPJ's out, and Jamal Murray's out. Who is their second best player right now? Aaron Gordon. Would you be? Are you taking Aaron Gordon? You're taking Draymond Green. No, I'm taking Draymond of Green. Of course 100%. you are. I'm taking Draymond that's, Green. That's it. Jordan Poole last season was serviceable. Obviously, he wasn't he got what better he is throughout this the season. Tuscano Tuscan- wasn't good. No, he was not. Tuscano Anderson gave them good minutes off the bench later in the and year. And now Kelly Oubre is thriving in Charlotte. And he said he's, he said he's not a, a Warriors player. He's not, he doesn't. No, say that yeah, he, he's also talked about the Warriors and said it, he couldn't play freely there. Yeah, he just, these guys have been circulating, getting ready t- together for a I'm couple just, years I'm now. I'm just saying, statistically, I understand when that. Steph yes. got off the court, it was the same as when Joker is getting off the court for this team. Just, they just weren't good. That's all I'm saying. That's but I agree a little bit with what he's saying. Because last season, yes, he was the, they were Hold the fifth seed and, when he was And you was tried in. to sneak the little KD thing in. <laughs> and you tried to that's agree. Fact. You tried it's to not, agree. It's, it's not, not a fact. It's a fact. What he said is a fact. It's not a fact. But I said it's a fact. It's not a fact. It's not a fact. It needs to stop being a fact. Because when KD was on OKC, they didn't beat the Warriors. They blew a Three-one lead to the Warriors. I need you to stop. Wait, 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 wait. Team no, no, ever. Stop. I need you to stop saying that. I need you to stop saying Steph needed KD because if KD does they not lost. listen, if KD does not go to the Warriors, Steph, Steph, still, still has two MVPs. Okay, he's already a Hall of Famer. He has back-to-back. Whether he loses or not, it's LeBron. He has back-to-back Finals appearances. KD still doesn't make the finals. Okay. So to say one How person, do you know he could, he could. No, I'm, about that year. I'm, just, I'm talking about just that year. I'm talking okay. about. I'm just you're, talking about that year. You're telling me you're the greatest regular season team of all time. You just blew a three-one lead, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's say, because KD ruined the NBA, he went and he joined the Warriors. We don't know what could have happened. You're telling me that Warriors team isn't demoralized? You telling me the, you're telling me the guy who just blew the 3-1 lead to that same team that just blew the 3-1 yeah. lead to Bron isn't demoralized, bro? I mean, he just went to and joined the greatest team ever. Yeah, he joined the team that beat him. That beat yeah, him. There's soft. no way if, if I beat you, bro, you can't say yeah. I need you if I beat you, bro. Listen, it just no, but it was sense. Clay. It was Clay. They needed him. No, they needed. They needed. It wasn't just Steph. Whoa, whoa, because KD had Westbrook. Stop it. Don't do that. KD had Westbrook. Westbrook, you you continuously bashed Westbrook on his show. At that time? At that time, I asked, come on, bro. At, at, at the time, Westbrook, we knew that he doesn't perform in those Katie big time moments. KD didn't even perform in those big time moments. KD didn't show up, bro. That OKC team, the starting lineup was KD, Westbrook, Roberson, Ibaka, and Stephen Adams. Wait, what type of spacing does that roster have? He was the best player on Golden State. He was the best player on the court. When he was the best player on the court. We're saying in Golden State. 
Yes. Okay. That's all I'm saying. But Ste- don't say. But stop saying Steph needed somebody he, he beat, he, bro. He, he didn't. They needed each other. You can say he that. He beat them. But you he can't say somebody them. who already had a ring, two MVPs. Clay just, saved Curry. When? Game six. Game six, we had 35. Who was the best player but, on that but court stop that saying, game? CC, this, you're doing it again because Steph also came to play. So you can't sit there and say somebody saved him. Stop doing that. Because, Katie, bro, the Curry literally had back-to-back finals appearances, bro. He just came off a unanimous MVP. And, bro, and he just, real, like, listen, that 2015 he was down championship, like, LeBron didn't lose Kyrie listen, and K-Love. But did Katie make it? Six. But did Katie make it? That's, uh, I'm not saying you're so, wrong. Did I'm Katie make it the wrong. next year? He but blew a 3-1 lead, bro. Team bro was better hold up, than OKC. Hold up, hold up, hold up. The team that was up 3-1. Yes. Riv, Riv. I the want you to do the this. best team in the league that year. Riv. That's exactly what I'm saying. But how do you need... But this is my point, though. You just said the Warriors were the best Correct. team in the league. So why would they need somebody more Forget than... Forget about no, just that's Steph. What you're they're saying. still Clay. Yes. They're still Draymond. Keep going. So why would they need KD more than he needs them? He literally said, I wanted to go play freely. I wanted to go play in their system. Did he or did he not elevate them? No, he turned them into an unstoppable well, team. there you go. But... My thing is, when he did, he wasn't there, they were already. Riv, did one they of the need KD right. to the win those championships? Yes, but did okay, KD need so them? So, do you yes. answer your own question? What are you talking okay, about? Okay, no, I agree with both. Did KD need the Warriors to win the championships? KD, yes, it's a different. Did K, the Warriors, they, the Warriors need needed, KD to the Warriors, win? I'm gonna yes. say the Warriors needed KD to win the champs, but KD needed the Warriors to elevate his More. legacy. Okay, you're, you're, to you're elevate making his legacy. You're making a fair point. Yes. Okay, yes, rate this, Even. rate this spacing one to ten. What the spacing? Russell, Russell Westbrook, Andre Robert, Roberson, okay. Ke- Kevin Durant, okay. Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka at that time, 2016 Ibaka, not the one he became in 2019 Toronto. when he started shooting threes. He was threes. still good in But he, did, shooter. he, did, he wasn't a shooter, a shooter oh, he back was then. And he, he was, was good. Now, now. And Steven Adams, right? That spacing one. That's bad spacing. That's, that's they were up like 3 1. A, that's, like a, that's like a five or a and six. And all, all, all that sounds cool. They were up 3 1. Okay. Doesn't matter you're, what you're you right. say. They just I, beat the Spurs. The, that was an elite Spurs team they just beat. So all that you said, honestly, really, uh, to be honest, didn't make sense. We have to change the way the MVP is awarded. The reason for that is because it is all over the place. We have this criteria in our head where it goes to the best player on the best team. But that's not true because Kareem won it and didn't make the playoffs. Westbrook won it and he was a sixth seed. Yeah. History. He did something historic, yes. But right now, Jokic is doing something historic. He is. He has the highest PER of all time. He leads every player in every single advanced analytic in the NBA. So he's making history as well. Winning... And being the best player on your team, that is such a flawed way to give out the award. That's why Curry won in 2015 over Harden, even though Harden was better that year. That's why Giannis won over Harden in 2019, even though Harden was historic. Harden was historic. He averaged 36, and Giannis won because his team won six more games, despite the Rockets missing Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, and Clint Capella for a large majority of the games. That's why Harden won MVP over LeBron in 2018. Wasn't Giannis statistically in advanced stats better than him in everything? He was. Harden averaged 36, bro. Oh, so now it's a 36 thing. Okay. No, he, he you, averaged you 36. You advanced stats with Yoke. I now, can now, do the same I, thing. In advanced analytics, I don't think See, Giannis was if, over if Harden and everything. If you're going to say that, then you need to stay consistent thank and you, say Curry you. should have been in the MVP conversation last year. 2015, because he beat Harden in every no, advanced No, no, I'm not talking about no, 2015. I'm talking solely last though. season, though. No, I'm saying I agree Yoke, with you. Yes. I agree with you. But the fact that some people are trying to leave Jokic out of this MVP, MVP conversation, no, I, I agree. I that's why if, if you want to use that narrative, then Curry shouldn't have been top three last I agree. year. I but I do the, believe he should have been in the I conversation. I think Jokic should be top three MVP right now. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying we got to change. Mainstream. We We're have to mainstream. change the way the MVP award is awarded. And I hate the way the media is so biased towards these players. That's why some of these guys don't win. There are some players that the media loves more than others, and that's why they vote 
vote for them over other players. And that needs to stop. It's pr- it probably won't stop, but it needs to stop because it's ruining the way these players get viewed in the grand scheme of things because they don't win awards they, they ultimately deserve. So let me ask you a question. If, Joke, if the Joker continues this pace... They walk in as a plane and they don't make the playoffs. Are you giving it, in your opinion, like you, the MVP, the way you have it pictured, are you giving him the MVP? Because I'll answer your question. Matters, bro. I'll, I'll answer your question with this. Before I answer your question, I'll say this. If Jokic makes the play-in, it won't be like Curry. He won't lose two times in a row. That's Nikola Jokic. He won't lose two times in a row. You, He's wait, a wait, performer. I don't know, He's man. a big-time performer. He, what you're saying. he, he will is. win. But he just, will win one of those two games for sure. Unlike Steph, who lost the, the Lakers sold, and the Grizzlies. Wait, 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 wait. So he'll win for sure. Okay. But but I'll say this. I'll say <laughs> he'll beat LA. I'll say <laughs> the Lakers. He'll he beat could, the Lakers. Yeah, he could beat oh, them. He, why, why can't he beat by them? himself? Why can't he beat them? Wait, wait he has, can beat them by himself. He can beat them. Why can, can he beat Memphis? Yes, he can. Beat Memphis them. is fourth seed right now, bro. Well, you're you talked about LA. I'm we're talking last season though. Yeah, last season. No, you're talking about I'm last t- season. No, I'm talking about this year. No, but we're talking last year. All right, this year, who who would he face in the playoffs? The Lakers. No, the no, Lakers are not. The succeed. Lakers are not uh, a play, play They're the not Ma- going to oh, face. Me, so he Mavs, Mavs, play, play the Mavs. Minnesota right now. Prime. Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. Can he? Yeah, he could be Minnesota by himself. He could. Yeah, why not? Yeah, he could. Ah, that's going to be a tough one. Okay. Can he beat Sacramento? Right, They're 10 seed. Seven, yes. seven right now is the Nuggets. Eight Mavericks, nine Wolves, 10 So Kings. he would play Dallas. Can the Nuggets beat the Mavs? Absolutely, they can. By himself. He, they, yes. They could. Okay. It would be a really good game. It would be a really good okay. game. Luka would be back, I'm just I'm saying, assuming. I know that Jokic would come to play and he would win that game. I think Steph came to play. He didn't win, though. Sunday what were his stats? I'm trying to look it up. I can't Against find the Lakers? It. Against the Lakers. He had about he 30. He, he, he killed y'all. But I'll, I'll say this also. Based on the way Katie is playing right now, he's the MVP. Yeah, and based easy. where the net, because he's carrying the Nets right now. Yeah. And they're the first seed. Yeah. So I would give him the MVP by far. And he is the runaway MVP right now. Winning matters to an extent. Winning matters, I agree, if you are burdening the load. Yeah. Curry has so many great, so many good to great players on, on the Warriors right now. Andrew Wiggins is having a having a career year. Yeah. Draymond yeah. Green is DPOY right now. You even yeah. your bench. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Poole is having a great year. Like they got so many guys right now that are helping that team win. Yeah. You know who do the Nets have? They have thirty six year old Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, you, and listen, Harden. You, we're gonna look back on that game where everyone had COVID. They had eight players. Kevin Durant could have decided to sit out. He didn't. That's gonna be the game they look at and say, "This is why Kevin Durant is the MVP this year." Because there was no reason for him to even think about suiting up. And he said, let's go and let's get it. And he dropped, um, what did he drop, 35? Steph Curry, with those things, you just those players you just named, his, his per 100 possession, his on-off is plus 9.3, bro. That's great. Yeah, but his efficiency this season hasn't been No, but been I'm saying in. whether, whether like, just whether his efficiency hasn't been good or whether he has all those good players, when he's, like, they're a plus 9.3, bro. It's gravity. It's gravity. Like, he's still... He's still I one of the most saying. impactful players on his team, regardless of who's around him. Okay, so. I, I agree with you. And look, I love Steph. I think Steph is one of the greatest players I've ever seen in my life. You know I'm a Steph fan, bro. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Against? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. We're talking about great players right now. Players in the MVP race. A, a player that hopefully one day we hope is there is Zion Williamson. Oh God. But right now, another setback happened to in his young career. He is going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks. 
and he received a biologic injection that is meant to promote bone healing in the area of his right foot that he fractured this past off season. The Pelicans have said he's limited to low impact, partial weight bearing activities for an extended period. And Willie Green meant talked about Zion and said, we're talking about somebody's career. Anytime you're dealing with that aspect of professional sports, that is important. That's how we're going. That's how we're looking at this. So they're trying to ease on into this and not trying to rush him back. He hasn't played at all this season. And the question for you guys is, is Zion Williamson going to become a, a what if player? He's definitely gearing towards that. You know, with all the injuries that's happened, like he showed us a glimpse of what he can do. You know, that historic season, like you said, he played 61 games. He put on a historic performance night in, night out. He's incredible. Granted, the Pelicans didn't put much around him. You know, they didn't make the playoffs. They, they had a couple guys, but it wasn't enough. And then he gets hurt again. Even the year before that, his rookie season, we had to wait. We were anticipating, when's Zion going to play? When's Zion going to play? When's Zion going to play? I think, like, right now, he's definitely gearing towards it because we're just getting small, t- no homo, small taste of what, Zion can show us, you know what I'm saying? Like we're just <laughs> we're just getting bits and pieces, and it's tough because he's a young, he's still extremely young, and we want to see him on the court and we want to see him play, but it's just it's tough because all these injuries just sound like injuries that's just been lingering for a long time. Like there's a lot of leg injuries, knee injuries, and those suck because those can literally we've seen it. Grand Hill, Derrick Rose, these injuries, Brandon Roy, you know he has no cartilage in his knees. We've seen these really hurt players. For like, at least with those guys, you know, D Rose, we saw a little bit. Grant Hill, we saw a little bit. Zion, he's just giving us bits and pieces. I Man, we haven't even got the scene where he can really be. So I think it really sucks, and he's definitely gearing towards that way, but not there yet. I think based off last season, it's not bits and pieces. We saw it. What Zion could be at a hundred percent. That was it. We got a mouthload of that. I only say that because we haven't seen him in the playoffs. Which is fair, but it's still early in his career. And like you said, he, he the talent is not around him to make that run, especially given the talent in the West. There's a bunch of good teams right now that are just simply better than the Pelicans. That being said, I'm not ready to say off of a third-year injury that he's going to become a what-if player because then Steph Curry never would have been Steph Curry if we just gave up on him after his ankle injury. It, they were close. You just understand you have a guy that has – a special type of talent that could change your franchise, especially after you use the number one overall pick on him, you take your time on him. Do I think he'll be a what-if player? I'm praying not. It's a foot injury. I think that given the fact that modern medicine is so advanced at this point in time, it is more... Listen, you sit Zion. This season's a wash. You don't need him to play this season at all. You make sure that you save your franchise guy's health. Most importantly, that should be at the forefront. If he sits this whole season, I'm not upset. You see what? Let him take his time to recover. Let him get his body back in shape because clearly that's a concern on every single person's mind that he's overweight. He's over 300 pounds. I think he's pushing almost three. I think it's 316, the exact number. But you look at him. He doesn't look overly out of shape. There was this picture that he took with this this fan and his pops, and he just looks like regular Zion. He doesn't look out of shape. He doesn't look fat. He looks normal. I understand the concern. You look, you see pictures of him from different angles. Angles deceive the eye so quickly. Mm-hmm. The pic- pictures really are not 100% sound. Let him take this season off. I'm fine with it. The Pelicans aren't making any noise. People could say, you know, we want to see him play. We want to see him play. 
That's noise. Because ultimately, what should matter most is Zion's health. A what-if player is a couple years down the road. I'm not ready to ask that off one season of him missing time. Because even his rookie season, we saw Blake Griffin miss his rookie season and then come back the next year and was What about Greg Oden? But Greg Oden never really got any traction the way that Zion did. What about Brandon Roy? Brandon Roy's, I'll give you. But that's a knee injury. That's not a foot injury. And I want to piggyback off that because those players you mentioned had things, had injuries that were significant. Brandon Roy having no cartilage in his knees. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Nothing. Greg Oden having a bunch of ACL surgeries and, you know, repairing his knee. What are you supposed to do? Grand Hill ankle injury, which was really a big time ankle injury. What are you supposed to do? MPJ is is gearing more towards a what-if player than Zion because he has a significant back a injury. back injury is chronic. No, I, th- I, I think... We'll continue. I, I'll say this. I think Zion has become an easy target for everybody. And he's become a target because he's different. He rocks outfits that are all anime-themed. Uh, people, Some people find that weird. Some people find that cool. I think that's pretty cool. Um... The weight issues. I mean, society loves to make fun of fat people. That's just what it is. It's 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 you know, it is what it is. They clown fat people. So Zion being fat, you know, he's gonna get a lot of jokes thrown his way. He's memed across the internet, and especially in that two K commercial where you have Levine who looks in shape, and then Zion where you could kind of see a double chin on him. You know, <laughs> you 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 kind of laugh at that. So he's become an easy target because he's easy to make fun of. Regardless of his play, because his play has been downright spectacular. Nothing short. Like I mean, it's been amazing. He did something historic last year. He made an all-star game. And you talked about getting a taste of that. And you said you didn't see enough because he didn't make the playoffs. If he made the playoffs, you would have got a swallow of it. Because it wouldn't have just been a taste. You would have got the whole thing. That's my point. And Zion... Right now, like I said, he's become an easy target with people because he's different. His fashion sense, his weight, he's become an easy target. But I don't think he's a what-if player. A foot injury, sometimes they take time to heal. Sometimes it takes longer than others. Kevin Durant had a setback when he had a foot injury, and it, it took him you know, longer than expected to recover from that. Zion is in the same position. You don't rush him back. This isn't a serious injury or as serious as a knee injury, or an ankle, or a back. I think Zion is going to be fine. Whether he's going to be on the Pelicans is a different question because I think he's on his way to the Mad- to Mad- Madison Square Garden to play for the New York Knicks sooner rather than later. And I'm going to be the first person in line buying his jersey. But when you look at what Zion's done, last year he had the most consecutive games with 20 points on 50% shooting ahead of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bob McAdoo, and Walter Davis. Zion was was downright historic. It doesn't help that the Pelicans are a dysfunctional organization and David Griffin is one of the worst executives in the league in terms of trusting him. Yeah. JJ Redick has already called him out on his podcast. And for a player to call you out publicly, that that is a huge indictment on your character and personality. He's lied about players getting traded before. He wanted all the credit when the Cavaliers won a championship, even though we know it was mostly LeBron. I mean, David Griffin has shown to be an incompetent executive GM and the moves that he's made with the Pelicans are, are all reasons why Zion and his family don't trust him to, to put his career in the right place. 
So I'm glad Zion's doing what's best for his future and his career. Why risk it all for a, for a 10 and 21 team? It just doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's just you look at a guy of that size, you know, that physique. You Girth. Look, you, look, <laughs> you look at a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you look at a guy who plays at the way he plays. You can't not you can't say injury is just an ankle injury. You can't. Because of the way he plays, you know the reason it's an why. Explosive game. Yeah, the, the reason why KD, we we don't really KD's injuries was like whatever because of the way he he's able to shoot the ball. The reason why we have so much confidence in Clay coming back and being the same way he is is because of the way he plays the game. He doesn't really necessarily need his athleticism. I think with Zion, putting all that weight on those ankles, you know, it's it's really gonna in the way he plays, it's really gonna put a toll on those knees and those ankles, and it's it's really gonna be tough. I mean, like. I don't know. That's just and then being this young, you know, your, your your body's not fully developed. You know, being this young with that much weight, playing the way he plays, you know, having that type of explosiveness, explosiveness, it's 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 gonna be tough, bro. I don't I don't know. You know, he got injured doing workouts with his stepfather. That's how he got hurt. his foot got hurt. Was it a specific type of work? Do you know what the he, workout was? I don't know what the workout was, but his stepfather's his offseason trainer, and uh-huh. he trusts him to train him. And that's how he got hurt. He got hurt in a workout like that. I just think he needs the time off. I think you just take the full year, take as long as you need to recover. He knows the caliber player that he can be who he is currently. He needs to be smart in the process. There's no reason to rush back. The Pelicans are not going to be anything. Even if he comes back, it would be a miracle if he were to make this team become a play-in team. It needs to be a consensus thought that Zion should not return. There's no reason to rush him back. He's too good to to risk his career off a season that's already a wash. Zion, when he's healthy, is a top 20 player in the league. That's easy. That's why when he joins the Knicks, we're going to be a force to be reckoned you with. You have to stop. He's going to join the Knicks, bro. He's leave, He's definitely leaving He's gone, but I really don't see a future and why he would go there. Because we're building something great. What, what, what's is he great? leaving after Have you seen contract? Juice play? Have you seen RJ? I don't care about RJ. Have you seen Julius Randle? Have you seen Evan Fournier? Have you seen Deuce McBride? Stink. Have you seen Quickly? Have you seen Kemba Walker get up Have you seen Obi Toppin? Have you seen... Yo, Kemba um, has gotten Quentin no Grimes? burn. It's crazy. I've seen you all these guys. Players, I've seen bro. all these guys already. I know all these guys. You got players, bro. But have you seen your main guys? Your, 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 your main guys? Well, if Randle leaves, we got Zion. We'll oh, he's on the contract, so he's not leaving in no time soon. I mean, we could trade him, bro. It's something called a trade. Who yeah, wants him? What you can trade him for? I don't know who the Lakers. Y'all need something desperately right now. <laughs> I, would, I don't think Randall's give the us guy. T, y'all could y'all give us something. I don't care. What THT? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I wouldn't take that. That's you're lying. I would. I really you're wouldn't lying. take that. Why would THT he be like? Would I wouldn't take that. Firm. Ew. I like it actually. <laughs> Yo, you have to stop. Bro, they have to get serious? Zion first. I know, but I'm just saying, like hypothetical, like you have to stop. THT is nothing more than just a good role player, maybe a starter. He's really mid. He's not just even say you mid. don't He's watch mid. the Lakers and no, just move on, bro. I don't think a lot of people do, other than Lakers fans. It's really hard to watch you guys. Screw you. You're realistic. Kevin Pritchard, who's the president of the Indiana Pacers currently, slipped up in an, in an interview. Oh, slipped up is a understatement. He said the Pacers need a real star. I don't think he slipped and up. Because this show, because this show is all about giving you the facts and proper analysis, we're going to read the full quote, or I'm going to read the full quote at least. This is the full quote. At some point in time, we've got to figure out how to manufacture that real star, Pritchard said. We had it with Paul George. 
he had an it factor and so did Victor Oladipo. And so we're trying to get that. But we think that a couple of these players could become that too. We may have it already in the gym, but that's the biggest challenge is in this sort of marketplace, how do you get a star? It's hard for us to sign one in free agency. That's a challenge, but there are other ways to do it. And I think we can do it. He then apologized on Twitter and said, I speak with our players every day and I feel bad for using that word. Sabonis was asked about it after a game. He said that caught me off guard. We're all trying to get better and, and do the best to, to help this team win. And then a report came out that Sabonis wanted out. So what are your thoughts about the full quote, not just the, the a real star thing? And what are your thoughts about Sabonis wanting out? I feel like he should have stayed 10 toes down. I feel like he should just kept it a buck. He didn't say nothing wrong. <laughs> like, I feel like, in my opinion, he didn't say anything wrong. If you feel that way, say it. Like, be truthful. I, I personally don't. I agree with him. Sabonis so isn't a star. He isn't real, a real star. He isn't a real star. He's not let, a real star. Let, 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 me, let me put this He's in, not a real star. Hold on. Let me put this into perspective for you. Let me, just, shh, let, me, let me just break this down for you. You believe the Indiana Pacers can make the playoffs, right? I did. Can I ask you just, and I want you to answer this truthfully. Do you think this Indiana Pacers team was better than the Knicks last year? Talent-wise? Yes. Yeah. Do you think if we plug Sabonis on the last year's Knicks team and take out Randall, you think they'd make the playoffs? Randall defensively was too much of an impact for the Knicks. And do you believe Randall is a real star? Wow. I just got checkmated. (laughs) It's not even that. I'll, I'll give you another example. Easy. But the thing is... That was easy. As an overall ball player, I'm taking Sabonis. Why? Because he can handle the ball better. But he can't defend. That's the thing. Let me, I'm going to give this, give this example That is out. the thing. Your example was great. And yeah, you did get checked. Yeah, me. I did. <laughs> um, I'm not going to front. Chris Middleton oh, is the second option to Giannis. For years, what was the knocks on the Bucks and why they couldn't get farther in the playoffs? Because they didn't have a real second star next to Giannis. Who's better, Middleton or Sabonis? I like Middleton. I think Middleton's better than Sabonis. Sabonis is a low-level all-star. He's not a real star. And what I mean by a real star is a guy who can be the first option or second option on the championship team. Kevin Pritchard is right in what he said. They haven't had one since Paul George, yeah, since Oladipo see, for that one season. But that's where you lose me. You're saying that Sabonis can't be a second option on a squad? He's the on first. On a championship team? I don't think saying. he can. Why no. Can't, why on a contender? He? Why no. can't he? Because he can't. I, I, I just think he can't. I, I, we haven't had the ev- evidence of it yet, but I believe he can't. We know he's a stinky first. It's a, a stinky... Strong. All right, we'll just play uh, yeah, I understand what you mean, though. He's not. The, he's not meant to be the number one player on the squad. Is he a star number two? He a hundred percent can be. You pair him with a Damian Lillard. You pair him what with are a Luka. Do? Okay, you I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you this example because actually, I have this trade, and I put it up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The Spurs right now, their best player is Dejounte Murray. Dog. Do you think Dejounte Murray is better than Sabonis? I do. This, I think DeJounte's better. This season has been DeJounte's breakout. Okay. He's trending in that direction. If Sabonis is this, it goes to the Spurs and he becomes the second best player on the Spurs behind DeJounte, what are the Spurs doing? They're going to win 10 more games? I don't know. They're very well coached. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, they are, though. They, they are, are, but come on. Like, I, I know. know like, I know. Yeah, I know. Come on. They're not deep They're enough. not. Come They're on. not deep A enough. bunch of young bulls. But, like, I want him to go be that. We're talking Giannis and Middleton. We're talking Giannis, who's a top five player. We're talking Middleton, who's probably top 20, You think 25. Giannis and Sabonis would work? No, no, no. I'm saying 
I'm saying you Sabonis, think Dame and Sabonis, Dame, Sabonis, Sabonis and Luca. Okay, so I'll he give needs you this. to be with a guard. I'll give you he's this. A pass, he's a pass type point forward. I'll, I'll give you this example. In the post. Your Lakers team won the championship 2019 mm-hmm. in the bubble. Swap out AD and put in Sabonis. Sabonis, your second best player. Are you guys winning? Again, Giannis. I mean, we're talking about AD. You have LeBron. Top you have LeBron. Five. Are you guys winning? Yes or no? You have LeBron. Bro, AD. I'll be honest, probably. AD is a second option. We're, we're talking about LeBron. You're getting past Denver with Sabonis? Honestly. Like, dead serious. You're not getting past Houston. Nah, AD was huge. Yeah, I mean, we're getting past Houston. <laughs> we're getting past Houston. AD was guarding Westbrook. No, but AD was all world. That's so hard that's for fine. me to that's, say. That's, yeah, he was all world. I'll just say but this. But again, we're talking about top five players. AD, AD is a real time. star. No doubt. So but he's a, a, no, AD's a superstar. No, yeah, no, no. He's, he's a real star. That's the same thing. But AD is not a first option. He's a second option. We're talking and about you, a top five. Dame like, is you know, not a first option either, though. Dame is a first Dame option. Dame is not a first option. Such Dame a is a second Dame option. Dame has been forced to be the first option. They've had success. Dame is the but f- you can't get over the hump with Dame Dame is, is a first, first option. option on a consistent playoff team. He's not a first option on the championship. He's like a Jimmy Butler. They're first options on a consistent playoff team. They're not first options on a championship team. And now you're pairing a, a, you're pairing a Dame and Sabonis. So, let, let, so Sabonis said he wanted out. So what team do you think could use Sabonis? I know you guys we talked about, about the Mavericks bit. Last episode. I liked, I, I liked your Spurs deal. You, okay. The audience hasn't heard it yet because I put it up on my Twitter. By the way, follow me on Twitter at Joel V. Moran. Maybe acting crazy. I'll though. be doing some mock trades. So, look. <laughs> this is the trade. The Spurs trade Keldon Johnson and Derek White for DeMontis Sabonis. That's it? Yes. I mean, you you could throw in some picks yeah, in there. I get it. But this is, this is the been, core of the deal. well this year. Derek White is good. He's a good player. Sabonis is, it's like, let me ask you Who says no in that deal? Who do you think says no in that deal? I don't think any, but I think you have to look at it and say, why would you bring in that contract if it's not going to make you that much better? It's 18 mil a year, bro. He's making really nothing. So <laughs> compared to how good Sabonis is, like Sabonis is underpaid for how good he is. Is he? Oh, definitely. Yes, he is. Definitely, yeah, for sure. He's making, he's making 18 mil, bro. You think he's a 20 mil guy? Yes. Duncan Robinson's making how much? 18 mil. There you go. That's all Fournier's you need. Fournier's making Duncan, 17 Duncan, mil. Well, he's a scrub. He got overpaid. Um, Duncan got overpaid too, though. Fournier is better than but, Duncan. But that's what I'm telling you. I just said you. they both got overpaid. Okay. Well, Fournier stinks. Well, They're on the same NBA level. And he's trending towards overpayment. Men, exactly. Yeah, they're overpaying, guys. I mean. Sabonis is underpaid for what he I mean, is actually. Compared to like Randall and Sabonis, like Randall's getting paid what? 19. Um, yeah. Randall? I think he's like 19. Around there. He had I a team friendly game. He shouldn't get. And I don't think he should get paid more than Randall. Honestly, whatever Randall should get paid, that's he, Sabonis is right under there. No, Sabonis is more efficient than Randall. Okay, is. but Derek White to the Pacers and Keldon Johnson to the Pacers. Demontis Sabonis goes to the Spurs. How good do you think the Spurs can be? I mean, I think their lineup would be pretty cool, and I think Sabonis is fits the Spurs. He's he a good just, passer. He reminds me of a Spurs player. The starting lineup would be Dejounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, or Devin Vassell. Doug McDermott, Sabonis, and Yaka Pirtle. I think that's pretty good. And that means more minutes for Josh Primo. Well, you said DeJounte, and you said Devin at the two? No. Devin uh, or Lonnie, whoever. And then you got Dougie, and then you got um, Sabonis, Sabonis, and then Pirtle. Yeah, you, you run with what you got. You know, Sabonis is still 25. He's still really young, so you can still work with that. They're, him and DeJounte, I believe, are at the same age. It's just like, where does Sabonis go to make any, like, what contender does he make better? I don't know. He doesn't make Charlotte better, I don't think. I think I don't think that's what he needs. That's what they need. 
Dallas, he, he might make them a little bit better. But I not. mean, Sabonis' defense is not horrible. 106 defensive rating. Defensive rating his, is a team stat, though. But regardless of that, he, that's still the best of his career. His team defense is cool. On and off numbers are better to, better to use than that. You're upset. I don't know. Draymond's is a 99. Are we saying that's more team-oriented? <laughs> well, he's, he's like a safety, bro. I understand, but like I'm still, we can't just say he's the leader in defensive rating. Let's give the credit to Draymond for that. But I tell you, you that watch one of six. Draymond play, of course. So I'm not even going to exactly. Go but back I'm just, and forth I'm just you letting you know, Sabonis is not a scrub on defense. He is though. He's, he's not like, a scrub. He's like a cone, bro. A cone. That, do you understand what a cone is? Yeah. He's not a cone for sure. So where do you think he? Like where do you, see? Are you thinking he's a, like I don't Cl- I don't understand. Clippers. What, like, Clippers would be interesting. I don't know how the what? Clippers would get him. Clippers would be interesting. Why? They need a big type presence. They're fourth in defensive rating. I understand. Exactly. So then that hunch of him being a cone would not be that much of an issue. It would literally drop their defense. But that's not He's not bad defensively. Why I just do you told th- you this. You don't know, but you. Uh, okay, I get what you're saying. You're using. Okay, I understand. Yeah. That being said, you pair him with Paul George, who's already been amazing. I don't know who you'd have to give up in that sense. Well, Bledsoe has to go. Bledsoe would have to go, and I don't think that that would hurt you too badly. And I'm sure you probably have to trade Zubac. Look, Sabonis is average. <laughs> At what? At defense. Okay. okay he's I mean, average on defense. So then bro. if he's average on defense, he's a really Sabonis effective or offensive player. I'm telling you right now. That's a really good question. Sabonis or Siakam? Siakam's better. I'm telling you That's right now. That's a really good question. I'm telling you right now that defensive rating is a flawed stat. We're looking at an individual stat. Because it's a team stat. So then why do we ever bring it up with Rudy Gobert? There are more stats with Rudy Gobert, like defensive field goal percentage and stuff like that. Because defensive rating, that is just how many, that's just, what does this team score? What does the opposing team score per 100 possessions when this player is on the floor? But when Sabonis is on the floor, he's on the floor with four other players. And depending on the, who those four other players are, if they're good defenders, they can mask his weaknesses. So that's why it, it's it's more of a team stat than anything. And Gobert has like so many stats that point to his elite of defense. I mean, we're talking about Gobert. He's one of the best yeah. defense players ever. But that's why, like, you know, defensive field goal percentage. I really haven't looked at Sabonis' defense, trying, defensive stats. Because I right think now. he's just average. I don't really think I need to look at it, to be honest. But I could be wrong. I mean, I don't think he's a bad ball. Like, Defensive cone is such a stretch. His defensive ratings over his career: one hundred eight, one hundred seven, one hundred four, one hundred six, one ten, one hundred seven. So, so, I'm not saying that he's the best defender in the league. I'm just letting you know that he's not a scrub defensively, like you said. Okay. And with his offensive game being as good as it is, he's a efficient point forward who can facilitate the basketball. I said this. He is a broke Jokic. <laughs> Broke is crazy. He's a poor man's Jokic. It's that's the truth. And Jokic has gotten criticized for his defense, but this year he's been spectacular defensively. I think that you could put him on a team where he could be the number two and you will have success. A team like the Clippers would benefit greatly from him. A team like the Mavs, obviously, who already have Luka Doncic, who is a great facilitator, great scorer. And then you just add another facilitator and a solid interior present type player in, in Sabonis. I think that that would work very well. You think the Clippers? Clippers, I, w- I don't hate at all, especially because of how good they are defensively already. Offensively, you just add another piece to that. That would be pretty firm. Okay, here we go. So I looked up Sabonis' defensive right, numbers. Let me hear it. Two-pointers, he's allowing a defensive field goal percentage of 52.3. Yeah. Less than six feet, 
less, less than, than two feet. feet. All right. So basically no, less than six feet. Okay. So that's still mad close. Less than 10 feet, 52.8. Okay. And then greater than 15 feet, 37.2. Okay. And how tall is Sabonis? 6'11"? Yeah. He's pretty tall. So he's overall, he's allowing a defensive field goal percentage of 47.0. Frequency is at 100%. Okay, again, that's not, he's not horrible. 47 is pretty calm, though. Agreed. I'm not telling you again, he's not the best defensive player. All I'm telling you is he's serviceable. And what he brings offensively, to say he's... A, you said Overall, his defensive field goal... That's what you said. Which his okay his defensive field goal percentage is 47%. Which is again, that's not that's that's what all right. That's, that's serviceable. That's average, which is fine. That's efficient. But you said he was a cone. That's not true. I mean, forty-seven percent is pretty efficient, bro. I mean, you're bumping with bigs. The best bigs average seventy percent. The ones that don't take jump shots, like Rudy Gobert, is averaging seventy-four. Jared Allen's averaging seventy from the field. Cat's at fifty, but Cat also is a jump shooter. And forty-seven is right there. But we're only talking about from inside six well, feet and 10 it, well, feet. You said he bangs with bigs. Inside, they average 57%. Uh, again, like I said, for bigs who field goal percentage are usually 70 around that range, that's not bad. Let's find out. I think, I, listen. You're Sabonis really is just, average, bro. I'm really not about to argue how I'll, good I'll, Sabonis is. You're high on Sabonis. I'm, I'm just, I'm not high on Sabonis. I'm just trying to make him. You guys are making him sound like he's he's, not a real he's star. regular. He's not I don't regular. think he's a real star. That's what I is said. Is he that See, much better than Tobias Harris? Honestly. Oh my god. No, honestly speaking. Answer. Yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Really? Like what does he do that's so spectacular? Like I like I'm confused. Like he can facilitate the basketball and he can well, rebound pick, and his no, efficiency like, is really good. In the good. post he definitely can do it. But So like, then what more do you want me to tell you? Like like you if like you look at the stars in the NBA, right? You look at guys who, you know, are just regular stars. You know, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Bradley Beal even, like Russell Westbrook. These guys, you know, they can, they've can they shown the ability to take a bad to OK team to the playoffs. I don't – Sabonis hasn't really – It's tough for a big to do that. Is it, though? It is tough. To be by yourself and do it, it's tough. But I don't think he's by himself. There have been a lot year. of people that done it, though. Julius Randle did it last year. And what is he doing this year? I get it, but like he did He's it. made the playoffs. We're talking about Sabonis doing it once. Sabonis has made the playoffs. That being said, he's never shot less than 50% from the field other than his rookie season. There's only three players this year to average 18-plus points per game, 10-plus rebounds, and 5-plus assists. Yeah, Sabonis is one of them. Yeah, it's Giannis, Jokic, He hasn't and made Sabonis. the playoffs since 2019. So the two seasons, three seasons to go? Two he averaged se- nine points. <laughs> <laughs> 2019, he averaged 14.1. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the playoffs. He averaged nine oh, who did they play? I don't remember. They lost the four games. He so he got swept by a better team. <laughs> Bro, he averaged nine points. He's not. Nine. He's not. All right, tell me who he played while you're laughing, though. <laughs> I don't know who he played. You're going to make me look? Bro, I'm saying like Nah, yo, because he didn't play in the bubble because he was hurt. Since he's been the man, they haven't made the playoffs. I don't think 2019 was the man. I think that was like he shot. He played 24 minutes in 2018-19 season in the playoffs. He shot 41 percent and 25 percent from three. He averaged nine points and seven. Rebounds. All right, who did he play? You keep asking. That's what I want to know. I want to know if it was someone that could actually clamp him. It was the Boston Celtics. Uh, Al Horford. <laughs> he wasn't starting. He didn't start one game. Al Horford never. No, I'm st- talking about Sabonis didn't start any game. Oh, oh, oh. 
So the team, it was Kyrie, Tatum, Hayward, Marcus Morris, Brown, Al Horford, oh, yeah, they got Rozier, yeah, Aaron so. Baines, and, and Daniel Tice on the team. So since he's been the man. No, but like he, he hasn't been in the playoffs since he's gotten to this level, all-star level. So that's, you know, to be fair. There's <laughs> nine points. <laughs> That's funny, bro. That is funny, but he bro, wasn't yeah, starter, so nine I didn't, points. Know, I, yeah. I didn't think honestly. I, I didn't think I was going to see that. Uh-huh. I thought I was going to see like fifteen, sixteen. No, yeah, he's done. So he's done. He's done. Not only has he not took taken the scene to the playoffs, he's done nothing in the playoffs to make us think he's a real star. Which is fair. Done nothing I mean, in the regular the season either to really give us any. That's cap. I mean, last year he averaged twenty. 12. They didn't so, do anything. But okay, okay I'm just saying understand. did nothing. I mean, like, like as a star, it's not just the numbers. You got to, like, you know what I'm saying? Of course. You got to elevate your team. I agree. Some, I agree. Some, he's a great passer. I mean, you last told year me. they, so made, you're a great it, they passer, made the play in last year. Oh. And defensively. That's fair. Okay. And def- they got blown out, though. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no did they, they get they smoked? They blew out Charlotte. They blew out Charlotte. And then they got smoked out after that. They lost to the Wizards. Yeah. I mean, Miles Turner. I mean, Miles Turner elevates the Pacers, I think, defensively. more than Sabonis. Definitely defensively, yeah. I mean, his attempts—they're not there this season. But defensively, he elevates them at no, no, some no, point. No, agreed. Agreed. Sabonis, you told me he's a great passer. He's I don't good, see any elevation. I'm confused. What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't see like the team elevating. Okay. Like, well, you know? even when Miles Turner's, where's the team elevating? I mean. You're right. Well, there you go. That's I mean, it. Yeah, Brogdon. Just not no, but, right but Tur- per- Turner's a complimentary player, though. And Sabonis isn't, given the fact that he is a facilitating oh, now you power just, You just said he's a real star. You now you're saying he's complimentary. Your no, mind. Wait, but... I'm saying so, I'll, I'll, Turner I, isn't I a star. He's just, a, yeah, he's just a complimentary player. Yeah, he's like okay. a, he's no. Lonzo. Yeah, in a sense. But I think Miles Turner could be a little bit better than that. He probably can be, but as of right now... But he's never going to be a star. As of right now, for sure. For sure. You know I mean? You got a good team. You got Brogdon. You got Levert. Lamb, Lamb and Dwarf. Ultimately, what we need is Sabonis to get off the Pacers. So, what do you, you mean we? Oh, you? I'm just saying. Okay, do you want him to stay on the Pacers? I, keep, I don't care where he goes. I'll right. be honest with you. Ultimately, right. we do need Sabonis to get off the Pacers. Yes. See, maybe he's a real star. Maybe he is. <laughs> maybe he's. I mean, if he's a all. real star, the market would be very like they would call for him. Honestly, and that's a fact. I'm sure they are calling for. Did you not watch that Mavs Pacer game afterwards where Luca is with Sabonis? Like, yo, oh, you thought that was like? What do you mean? And then. Porzi came up to him and <laughs> oh, said the oh, exact thought, same thing. Oh, they just wasn't talking. You thought that was like, yo, come the join co- us? The cover in the mouths isn't, isn't they low. They do that all the time. But that isn't low, especially when okay. Sabonis wants out Steph already. and Lonzo did that. You think they were, he was telling Lonzo to come play for him in Golden State? Are you serious? You're dead serious I'm sure right that now? he would have loved Lonzo to come to Golden State. He wouldn't even start. He probably would. You think so? Lonzo? I don't know. You think so? Jordan Poole would be Jordan Poole or Clay are starting. Fact. No, but you don't think Lonzo starts over Poole, at least right now? Nah. Come on, bro. what are you talking about? Lonzo's been mad firm this season, and especially given the fact that the spacing he that they have start. in the Warriors, he wouldn't start. Lonzo would eat. I didn't say that. I just said he wouldn't. Right, well, start. we got to we got to yeah, definitely we, definitely, pl- we yeah. got to definitely place a bet on whether or not Sabonis becomes a real star or not. <laughs> and you can do that <laughs> maybe with, with DraftKings. Bang right there. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get it on NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. 
Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in NJ, in, in IN or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, we're going to start a new segment every week. It's called This Week in the NBA. So this week in the NBA, what did you guys see that intrigued you, that caught your eye, that's not on the topic list, that you feel like needs to be talked about? Or at least shine the light upon? Well, mine was, you know... It was pretty simple. It, it just happened last night, actually, perfectly. So I'm, I'm glad it uh, happened. AD, you know, him getting hurt, him going down twice in the same game. You know, I think with AD's injury concern, his history with injuries, him being banged up a lot, especially in these back-to-back seasons, you know, it's really hurting the Lakers and it's hurting his career, you know, because him getting hurt, he's he, LeBron has said that he was the next guy to take the mantle and be that guy for the Los Angeles Lakers. And they're waiting for him to take that step back into that old AD, that 28-12 with three boxes blocks ad we used to see but i think just him and his body just failing him and him not having the proper motivation that's really been hurting him so definitely last night's game i'm glad that came on and then cat going out there and putting a statement on and just doing his thing i think that was impressive so that was one thing for me so Lamelo coming back from covid uh he has been spectacular whenever he's been on the on the court he's been everything and more than what we were expecting him when he first got drafted Last night comes back after missing six games. Gives Portland absolute fits. 27 points, five assists, four rebounds. Shot 60% from three. Shot over 64% from the field. LaMelo Ball is that guy. And I've been seeing a little bit of controversy of whether he's going to get that all-star game nod or if it's going to go to Darius Garland, who we're going to speak about a little bit later in the show. I think the league and obviously media understands what LaMelo is. But we're seeing his offensive game start to evolve. We're seeing his jump shooting, him really find confidence in that jump shot. I think LaMelo Ball will be, probably by the end of next season, a top 15 ball player. Okay. You know they got it blown out, right? Charlotte? It's okay. He was amazing. I'm just letting you know. Top 15. Next season, at the end of next season. Say it, like, say the full thing. At the end of next season, I said it already, but I'll say it again because I'm fine with it. At the end of next season, LaMelo Ball will be a top 15 ball player. Okay. He can do everything. Oh, okay. We'll see. I'm going to next year. That's fine. Because we'll be bigger next year. Yeah, no, even then. I'll bring this back. Done. Remember when you said this. Come on, bro. I'm a man of my word. I really don't care. Top 15. Is he going to be better than Darius Garland? Is he already better than him? I think so. Darius Garland's no slouch. That is no disrespect to Darius Garland whatsoever. I think they're like right here. I think his physicality, his his what, athleticism. What, what did like what? Given the fact that they're basically around the same numbers, except Lamelo averages a couple points higher, has more rebounds, averages more assists. You got it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this week in the NBA, Dejounte Murray had two triple doubles. He had 10, 12, and ten against the Pelicans, and sixteen, eleven, and eleven against the Jazz. And the Spurs ended up beating the Jazz in that game. That game winner was sick. DeJounte's averaging 18, 8, and 8 on the season with two steals, shooting 44% from the field and 33% from three. 
we all know he's not the greatest shooter ever, but I wanted to bring up DeJounte Murray because DeJounte Murray, I think, is the most underrated player in the NBA currently. You can't name me somebody more underrated than DeJounte Murray. He is what everybody thinks Lonzo Ball is. He actually is what everybody he actually is what everybody thinks Lonzo is. I'm just saying what everybody thinks Lonzo is, that's what DeJounte actually is. He's he's like that. Because he's getting the opportunity that Lonzo didn't have. Lonzo with the opportunity wouldn't have done that. DeJounte DeJounte took years to become this. It's because he got injured multiple seasons that derailed him. Boy, he can't shoot like Lonzo. Yeah, he definitely cannot. He could defend better than him, though. Uh, He's more it's very close. I know DeJounte's more lengthy. He is more length. No, his, arm, no, his width I is know, crazy. I, I know, bro. Yeah, his width is crazy. That's it. That's his why I had to. Insane. It's width. The no, width, his, width is his, insane. It's crazy. It's yeah, ridiculous. He has like a seven, eight wingspan. Yeah. Strong but guy. I think DeJounte Murray is the most underrated player in the NBA. He's definitely he, taking that mantle. He doesn't get talked about because he plays for the Spurs. I think a lot of the players on the Spurs are underrated, like Derek White. He's one of those guys that. Derek White, for sure. He's a, I think he's a top 10 shooting guard in the NBA. And people probably don't think of him as that, but I think he could be. He is He is there. Yeah. Like, uh, after the six guys. Probably I don't know. knock him down. Um, probably, you got, obviously, Mitchell, Booker, Levine, SGA. There are six guys by far better than him. Yeah, definitely. I just, you got to crack it down. Who's better, him or Terry Rozier? I like Derek White. Ooh, that's close. He locks up. For me he does lock up. I like Derek White. He had White. big-time shots yesterday against the Jazz. I like Derek White, personally. All right, I'm looking at this list. We're James Harden, Kyrie Irving. We're just gonna say one of the two. Yeah, Devin Booker, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, yeah. Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, Levine, SGA, McCollum. McCollum is better. Clay Thompson. Jim. We're not Clay, gonna talk about. Clay's him. better, better, I guess. One health. Jalen Brown. They have Terry Rozier over him. I don't. Jalen Brown, Jaylen no Brown's doubt. Uh, they have Marcus Smart. He's a point guard. Marcus Smart's not better. He's, yeah, he's not better than Anthony, anyway. Anthony Edwards. Oh yeah, he's better. <laughs> so what? What number are we at right now? He's probably definitely top that was thirteen. 10. That was ten. But you mentioned you put in we Marcus. Said, Mark? I, no, we put in um, Jalen Brown for Marcus Smart, who they don't have on here. Um, Terry Rozier, you said you're taking. I said I'm taking White. Okay, so then he, we're at flat ten. But he's definitely top fifteen. Is Halliburton Halliburton's a point guard? Derek White's better. Karis LeVert. Derek, Derek White's White. better. Sexton. Ger- Derek White's better. Okay. It's not a ooh. He's better. Cade's a point guard? Cade is it Cade's a point yeah, guard. He's, he's a, a rookie though. Dylan Brooks. He's not a two guard. They have him here as a two. He plays a three. Desmond Bain plays two. Yeah. Okay. Seth Curry. Derek White's Derek better. Derek White's better. Ooh, okay. No. He's no? <laughs> they have Derek White twenty ninth ranked yeah, shooting guard. That's crazy. Yeah, we're not acknowledging that. Yeah. You no, know, they don't watch San yeah, Antonio. Yeah, that's a fact. I don't know. Seth Curry's is a hooper. Now offensively, I think he is uh a better shooter than Derek White. But taking everything into account. Derek White's a better ball handler. He's a better playmaker. He's a better defender. He's just better. Yeah. Better. I think Derek White is underrated. There are a lot of underrated players on the Spurs right now. They're still bad, though, but they're competitive. They're still, I'll give. I'll, I'll say he's a cusp 10. Yeah, I think yeah. he's like right. Mm-hmm. If he's not ten, if he's not right at 10, he's in like 10, 11, 13. 12. 10, 12. 10, yeah. yeah, for sure. I'm with that. Now, moving on from this week in the NBA, we're going to talk about a team that struggles mightily on defense that you guys have been waiting for us to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Every single time I look in the YouTube comments, it's when are you going to talk about the Hornets? You said you were going to talk about them. You haven't talked about them. Well, we're going to talk about them now and we're going to talk about their defense because they have the worst defensive rating in the, in the NBA 
They are giving up the most points in the NBA. Yesterday, they lost to Portland 114-125. to 125. They gave up 81 points in the first half. Dame had 43. McLemore had 28. Oh, he finished with 40. Yeah. The Hornets are 16-15. and 15. They're the sixth seed currently. What do you think can fix their defense? How do they fix their defense? And is that ultimately going to take them from being just a fringe playoff team to a top five seed in the East, possibly? Of course. I mean, you, you look at it. They're second in points, third in offensive rating. They're a score. They're a, they're a high powered offense. You know, they got a lot of guys that can put the ball in the basket. They're evenly like they're evenly on the same level. You got Lamelo, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges is taking that next next step. PJ Washington can give you about 11, 12 games. Kelly Oubre has upped his game. They got a lot of guys. You know, and James Bucknight has you know come a long way in the, the last couple of weeks. So they got a lot of guys. But if you this is like, and I was talking to Drew about this to fix a team that's the worst defense in the league. It's Three things, you know, one of these three things, trade, scheme, or they're just young. And this is a, a aside from Gordon Hayward, and I guess we could stretch it to Terry Rozier and Mason Plumley. Of course, this is an extremely young team. I mean, you look at this team from a team defense perspective, and I know defensive rating is a flaw, but in terms of just team defense, the best defensive rating on this team is Scotty Lewis. He played two games. It's at 109. Ooh. So for guys that played 20 games, LaMelo's at 112. Mason Plumlee's at 113. P.J. Washington, he's at 114. Then you got Nick Wright, he's at 115. A bunch of guys at 115. Miles Bridges, who came in, he was supposed to be a defender. He's at 117, 118, Kelly Oubre. Then you got Gordon Hayward, Kyle Jones. Oh, my God. It's just a bunch of – nobody is higher than 110. So this team is a poor defensive lower. team. Oh, thank you. Nobody's lower than 110. So this team is a poor defensive team as a unit. And a lot of it, you know, they're young. You know, and young teams tend to not, you know, they're not that great defensively as a start. And it it shows in them just being young and inexperienced. And that's okay. But I think, like you said, for this team to step their game up and really become a serious, serious contender in the East, they have to play defense. They have to at least bump it up into the teens just for right now. Low Low 20s, high teens, just to start, you know, keep that offense going. And then they just keep going year by year. Because right now, being one of the worst defensive teams in the league, you're going to have to outscore everybody. And you can't do that every night. This was tough for me because, like I, like Riff said a little bit, we spoke a little before, and it's like, how do you fix a team that is terrible defensively? Not just terrible, the dead worst in the league. If you're the Charlotte Hornets, I'm sure – you understand that you have a bunch of ball players that can score really, really well. You have LaMelo, obviously, who can give you 20-plus. Bridges has taken that that step into that 19-20 range. Gordon Hayward is a, a consistent 18-20 to 20 point per game score for basically his whole career. Terry Rozier has taken that leap since entering, or excuse me, since becoming a Charlotte Hornet. You know that they have guys. Now, defensively, they don't. I'm sure that the Hornets looked at the Kings and what the Kings have done over these last few years and realized we don't want to become what they are. Offensively, the Kings have ball players that could score. Defensively, they don't have anyone that could stop a nosebleed. So if I'm the Hornets, you need to realize this early and you need to fix it. It's either discipline, you come together and you realize, hey, we need to be doing more. We need to be putting more effort to the defensive side of the ball. You go and you, like like Riv said, you go and you make a trade to to bring in someone that's defensive oriented. I was thinking about it a little bit before. This offseason, 
P.J. Tucker was very fixated on going to Miami. He would have been a perfect fix for them to, to, to solve whatever issue they had defensively, not fix the entire problem, but at least have some kind of responsibility or bring some kind of responsibility to the rest of these guys that, hey, I understand you guys are young and I understand you're adjusting to the NBA, but you need to focus on the other side of the ball. It's not just offense. It's offense and defense. Defense ultimately wins championships. You look at where the Cavs are at compared to the Hornets. The the Hornets probably have better scores than the Cavaliers, but the Cavaliers are significantly better defensively, and that's why the Cavaliers are having success as opposed to the Hornets who started really hot but slowly but surely have dropped off. Defense ultimately gets you to the playoffs and makes you a perennial playoff team. Hornets need to adjust. They need to bring in someone that's defensive-oriented. I'm not saying the coach. I'm saying personnel-wise, and maybe they'll 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 fix something better than 30. 30 is inexcusable. They're bad on defense because they don't have the personnel. That's, it's, that's it's as bad, simple as that. And simple. They have to make a trade. And I think the biggest reason why they struggle on defense is because their centers are not good. Mason Plumlee is their best defender on the interior, and he's an average defender at best on the interior. And then you have P.J. Washington who tries and in spurts can, you know, that small ball lineup can be successful. But he's six 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 seven. I mean, he's not going to be banging down lows with any big men. Because of that, Miles Turner is the perfect player to go to I like Charlotte. That. I like that. And the Hornets have contracts that match Miles Turner's contract. I have two trades here. The Hornets can trade Mason Plumley and PJ Washington to the Pacers for Miles Turner, or they can trade Miles Bridges and Mason Plumley for Miles Turner. Now, I know you got that face, and I'll explain it right now. Miles Bridges has broken out this year. He's been flat out phenomenal, but he is a restricted free agent this offseason, and he's going to get 20-plus mil in the open market. And, you know, the Hornets have a qualifying offer for him for up to upwards to $11 million, but he's going to get more than that. The Hornets are going to have to match Bridges' contract. They already paid Rozier. They already paid Gordon Hayward. They have they already they paid Ubre some money. Because of that, Miles Bridges might be the guy that gets shipped out because they might not want to pay him a contract. And they have my they can have Miles Turner for three seasons in Charlotte locked in on his contract, which isn't too much for the 20. impact he makes. Miles Turner, Miles Turner averages three blocks per game. He has Changed well, he is the reason why the Patriots defense is good year in and year out. He's a big reason for that. And since Turner's rookie season, only three players have blocked more shots than he has. He ranks 15th in the league in deflections and is top five in terms of defensive field goal percentage at the rim. Indiana's defensive rating is 107.7 when he's on the court and 111.3 when he's on the bench. This guy is a really great defender, and he fits what the Hornets want to do offensively because he can shoot, even with Turner there offensively. I mean, he's 6'11", is going to be an impactful defender, and on offense, he can shoot. He's a great floor spacing big. 100%. So that's, that's the, that makes the Hornets offense still. I don't think the drop-off is massive. And whether or not you want to trade P.J. or Miles Bridges is up to, up to you. I would personally trade P.J. and not Miles Bridges, but... You can. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think Miles Turner, impact wise, makes more of an impact than Bridges and PJ Washington. I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. 
I understand Miles Bridges has turned up this season, but Miles Turner, you have until 2023 for only 20 million. That would be extremely beneficial. And the Pacers, Kevin Pritchard has said he wants to look for a real star. Well, Miles Bridges has shown flashes that maybe he can become that. So that would make the deal enticing for them. This is the guy who's tied to be the leading scorer on the team. You're saying Miles Bridges. Bridges, Yeah. But you still have LaMelo, Rozier, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's averaging a point less than him. Rozier's averaging a point less than Hayward. That's just... Oubre's averaging about the same as Rozier. PJ has to go. Easily. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you had the choice and PJ, they said, yeah, we'll take PJ, I'm sure they don't hesitate to do that. uh, Bridges Bridges is just tough because of the breakout he's... You know, it, he's just had this year. It's it's been a tough, but I I get what you're saying. Yeah, you, they defense is, is that would be huge, and he can shoot. He takes four a minimum four threes a game, and he's shooting thirty six percent for a big. That's fantastic. Defense is definitely the key, and it, but it's tricky because Miles Turner has stated he wants more touches, and he would definitely get more touches here. I don't know, as opposed to Indiana, I think they'll play a fast. You know, I don't think he'll get more touches. And he's only complaining in Indiana because they're not winning. If he goes to Charlotte, they're going to play a fun style of basketball. He's going to run in transition a lot. He's going to get a lot of easy baskets. And it's going to be a fun place to play for him. So I don't think he's going to complain in in Charlotte because he's going to play a role. He's going to excel in it. And he's going to be playing a fun brand of basketball. Like right now, he's only taking nine attempts a game. It's not in the realm of possibility he gets traded to Charlotte and it goes up to 11, 12. I'm going to be honest, bro. Miles Turner needs to needs to stop acting like he's a star. I understand, but at least when this he is gets who his he opportunity. Is. Like, I don't bro, think he's acting like he's a star. Exactly. I think he's acting like he just wants to be he somewhere. He wants a where bigger he can, role, yeah, which I, I'm fine I think with where he just wants to win. What's a bigger role, bro? He He's averaging 13 and 7. That's his career, though. He's but, not getting better. Given the opportunity that he's been given. And his field goal percentages are good. They're good. He feels like he can do more with more opportunity. <laughs> Bro, that was Jeremy Grant. I really just think he is who he is. That was Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant felt like he could do more with more opportunities. He went, boom, 20 All right, and he's on a bad team. That's true. He's not doing anything. And he's about to get traded <laughs> again. That is very true. So I, I'm not, I'm, you know, Miles Turner, I think this is who he is, but it's fine because he's a good player. I just think the Hornets, their offense is electric. LaMelo is it electric. Is. LaMelo is going to be, a if he's not already, he's going to be a top five point guard soon. Gordon Hayward is still playing at an efficient level. All-star level, a little bit below that. Rozier is is a flamethrower. But they need an interior presence. And P.J. Washington at 6'7", 6'6", cannot guard bigs. Just, Mason Plumlee's average. Yeah. They need to trade for Miles Turner. Miles Turner gives them a defensive presence and, and makes their defense Formidable. But they LaMelo, won't be elite, but they'll be good. They'll be but better LaMelo, than 30. Melo, oh, damn. LaMelo and Miles Bridges' chemistry is so perfect, bro. Like, their combination, like, it's just, I don't know, bro. That's tough. Like, you're getting stuck on that, but, like, you, you can Gordon Hayward's PJ. And Gordon Hayward's still on the squad. You would, I would, yeah, I mean. He's, and I don't think Indiana wants Hayward. He's 31. Still got a couple years. Yeah, I mean, if, again, if for I'm, the look, contract for Miles Turner, that's super firm. I get what you're saying. If I'm the Hornets, I'm trading PJ yes, Washington, absolutely. Mason Plumley, and some picks for Miles Turner, and I'm fixing up my defense. Absolutely. If you're hell bent on keeping Miles Bridges, because Miles Bridges, we know he's a really damn good player, and I would 100% be an advocate for keeping him, but 
he's under he his contract is is expiring this year. He's a restricted free agent. On the market, a team's gonna pay him. Yeah. They're gonna pay him a lot. And the Hornets have to think about whether or not they want to match it. You know, if you're the Hornets, are you matching a contract where Miles Bridges is getting paid twenty four million? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Yeah, that's tough. Especially when you need de- defense. Bridges isn't giving you what Miles Turner is going to give you defensively. It's not even that. I just don't know if he's worth 24 mil. That too. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's tough. The names, it, it's, it's tough just, to give up on a 23 year old, especially when this team is very oriented around young players. I just think the way they've been going, you know, like trading for Miles Turner, I feel like. Yeah, that's going to solve some problems, but you're still going to have the same guys next year that were bad on defense the year before. I don't think LaMelo's bad on defense. He has to give his effort towards offense. I don't think he's good. He's not. I yeah. think he's good on defense. I don't think he's I great. I do think he's, I don't good think on he's great, which is what I, I think. I think Hayward sh- is good on defense. I think they have stretches where they show you that they're good. I think consistently on a night-to-night basis – the way with the way they score and the read like the the amount of like the the fact that they have to score like that, I don't think they can be good on defense. On I the think their days. problem, their real problem, is that they are so bad on defense because they don't have any rim protector. So guards are just and players are just driving in and there there's no resistance. If there's a rim protector, yeah, there's now resistance at the rim. Like Lamelo's not a bad protect- defender. I don't know if rim protection is their only. Hayward's problem, not a bad defender. I don't think PJ Washington's a bad defender. I think Miles Bridges is an okay defender. What's their problem then outside of defense? When you're thirtieth in defense, well, there you go. You're it, it, when you're th- It's not just rim protecting, bro. The Cavs okay. were one of the worst defenses last year. But they don't have interior yeah. presence. They have the same personnel outside of Rubio and Evan Mobley who came in. You're telling me Evan Mobley was the only reason they became a Evan top Mobley defense? and Jared Allen. I was going to say Jared Allen. Allen was there last year. And they had a bad defense. True. So I don't think it's. I think it's effort. Like you know, Darius that Garland. A, that's a big part of it. You know, I, Darius Garland. Last year you wouldn't think he's a good defender. This year he's really stepped it up. So it's effort. But you need to have you need to have rim protectors. Cleveland is a great defense because they have Jared Allen. And Evan Mobley, they have rim protectors. Like every great defense has rim, a rim protector. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you just yeah. Let's. I mean, let, let me, let's see, let's see real quick. Let's let's look at Lamelo real quick. Do you think Charlotte becomes a free agent destination if Lamelo continues to ascend? Not really. Yeah, you don't think so. I don't think so. I feel like it's a a unique environment, and if the fact that Lamelo is Lamelo, wow. Um, LaMelo on the less than six feet, 64% defensive field goal percentage, less than 10 feet, 56%. That's beyond the three point line. He does. It's rim protecting, bro. How many feet you said? Less than 10 feet. Okay. That's not. And what's the percentage? It's 56. And then less than six feet is 64. All right. What's that is rim protection. That is rim protection. That is rim protection, King. That's so why it I was goes. Wondering. It goes down. So twenty okay. around just twenty. To, just to make yes. sure. And, and those those they, measurements. Three pointers is, is they, they they shoot average. It's thirty five. It's average. Those those measurements are based off of who was the closest defender to this player. So it's not really him guarding. I mean, it's him guarding a player. But like, let's say a, a guard is is driving in on Lamelo. Lamelo's the closest player, mm-hmm. but if you have a seven foot guy with a seven four wingspan behind Lamelo with his hands up. Players are going to shoot worse. Well, his, his 
in the paint, it's terrible. But even on the beyond the three point line, he's not, line, a plain, he's not yeah, a even player. on the three point line. It's average. So he's he's average. I just what I've seen. I think he's a good. Defender. I think so too. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. You're thirty. Average one point nine steals. Don't do that. Do Steph that. Curry led the league in steals. You still called him bad. I he's think not Steph a bad Curry's defender. You no, know I'm though. saying at that time you still called him bad. Hey, I never said that in my life. Wow. He's not a bad defender. He's just undersized. But Lamelo has the size. Yeah, you got to stop on bad defender, name, bro. I wouldn't say. so. I don't think he's a bad defender. He's not a bad defender. He's a good defender. What do you guys are you guys taking to the fact just overall defense? What you can do given your your size, truthfully. Don't, don't lie on my name like that, bro. No, you've definitely said Steph is a bad defender. He's lying on my name, bro. I don't know. 30, 30th in the league? We'll see. real right now. Is he lying? He's it's lying about Steph. I'm definitely not lying. I know. That's why I'm skeptical. Definitely not lying. You mentioned Rubio. He currently plays for the Cavaliers. And the Cavaliers have been the surprise team of the NBA. JB Bickerstaff is at the forefront of that coaching this team. What are the odds that he wins coach of the year? I'll start with you, Drew. Right now, I have him at plus 1,000. You got... Plus a thousand is not that bad. <laughs> I gave actual odds no, right no, now. That's, that's, right now, you actually look it up. He's like plus twelve hundred. He is plus twelve hundred. So I got him at plus a thousand, given the fact that the Cavaliers should not be in the position they currently are. You have Steve Kerr, who I'd probably have ahead of him. Probably Billy Donovan. Also, I feel like I'm forgetting one of the team. Oh, I'm Monty Williams. There you go. That's another one that I probably put above him. Other than that, I think he's fourth right now. The Cavs. What was the three? I'm sorry. So you got Steve Kerr, Monty Williams. And Billy Donovan. Quinn Snyder, none? Again, I'm not willing to give Quinn Snyder... We're going to talk about it later, so I'm not going to go too in-depth. I'm just going to say, I need to see in the playoffs. That's all I'm going to say for now. That being said, the Cavs have been the biggest surprise this season in the best way possible. Sexton went out, and I'm sure Cavs fans weren't the most excited given the fact that Sexton was their number one uh, scorer at least. But then it was an opportunity for Darius Garland that the door was open and he had a chance to seize an opportunity. And he 100% has up until this point, definitely becoming an an all-star candidate, no doubt about it. He has taken a leap, not only facilitating the basketball, but more importantly, scoring the basketball, averaging about 19 points per game this season. Sexton going out, his game has just ascended ever since that injury happened. It's unfortunate that it took Sexton's injury for for Garland to be unleashed. But then you have Evan Mobley, who has just been not just great, because offensively, sure, Evan Mobley's been fantastic, but even better defensively. You guys started randomly shitting on defensive rating, but here he is, 101.9 defensive rating. That's top five in the NBA. No, defensive rating is is a good stat to measure team performance and five-man lineups. But individually, it's not not a good stat because it's not an individual stat. I guess it's like it's like the quarterback. It's like it's like the wins is a quarterback stat for me. Defensive rating. I don't think win. I don't think wins is a quarterback stat. The same way I don't think defensive rating is a, is a specific player stat. I'm shocked because I've never ever heard us slander defensive rating up until today. I'm not slandering defensive rating. It's just not. You understand what I'm saying? It's like we don't. We didn't. We have. For example, like field goal percentage, three point percentage. That's a specific player stat. Yes. Defensive rating is not because that is measured by when you're on the court with four other people. So it doesn't account for a lot of things. If you're a big man, defensive rating is more into account than for a regular perimeter player. I think it's just more about lineups. Here's a point, though. I think defensive rating for big men is a little bit, you can kind of be a little bit Because they hold it down. Yeah. But you pair his defensive rating of 101.9 to Jared Allen's, who's 
a, a freak of nature this season. I think he's number number three right now in defensive rating. Draymond, number one. Rudy Gobert, number two. Jared Allen's been the surprise of the season. 17 points per game, 11 boards per game, 1.5 blocks per game, shooting 70% from the field, shooting 71% from the line for a big man that's not bad by any means. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, that combination where you can have Mobley be a little bit more versatile of a defender, and then Jared Allen's just holding it down in the block. The two of them have just been have made it hell for other teams to come into to drive the ball to the bucket. Those two have been the standouts, and obviously Darius Garland's ascension. I think I would not put bigger staff in the coach of the year candidacy with the Kerr, with the Billy Donovan, with the Monty Williams, because people were questioning for the Suns. People were questioning whether they could repeat, and they've done more than that. They've been arguably the best team in basketball. Devin Booker's gone out, and we've seen them take a little bit of a step back, but that's their best player offensively. That was bound to happen, but I think once he's back, we're going to see the Suns be the regular Suns that we know. Billy Donovan would be number two for me. The Bulls had high expectations once they brought in DeMar, once they brought in Lonzo, that that lineup of Lonzo, DeMar, Zach Levine, Vucevic, rest in peace, Pat Will. Obviously, he's not dead. He's just not playing for the rest of the season. There was some expectations, but not the expectations of them being the number two or the number three seed in the East, and they have accomplished that. The duo of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan has worked instantaneously. They've been great. So I'm going to give a little bit of credit to, to Billy Donovan because he's gotten that that group of guys to mesh very quickly. You have Steve Kerr three. I have Steve Kerr three. I think that the team has been together for so long. It's not that I'm taking anything away from Steve Kerr because Steve Kerr has been great. Yes. Hey, where are you going with this? All I'm saying is I've come to expect this out of Golden oh, okay. State. That entire bench is brand new. In, in what sense? I uh, mean, last they're new. They're new really players. Bielitz is a new player. Otto Porter's a new yeah, player. Yes. Okay. Kaminga's a new player. JTA is it? Yeah, JTA is. I mean, he was there last year. You're but right. The, but, but the starting line is basically the exact same from last year. Jordan Poole is taking a huge step, though. Oh, for sure. And that's credit to Jordan Poole. Okay. I get what you're saying, but the Warriors have the best record in the NBA right now. And that's also due to the fact that Devin Booker's gotten hurt. No, they to were they were above Phoenix. Phoenix ah, bro, but, but, bro. But they were, the Suns were cooking. It was tie game when he went <laughs> out. And but then they still won that game. And then they got smoked out. But because he wasn't there, you, you're losing 26 points per game. I mean, they got smoked out, though. They did. They did. You guys did the yeah, thing. Yeah, but you guys have been playing great as a team. You guys have been doing this for years, though. Not last year. And last year, I mean, and Steph was hurt that. for a while. But then Steph was in, and you guys are just a different beast. You talked about the Suns taking a step back. They're 5-2 and two without Devin Booker. One of those losses was against Golden State. And mm-hmm. they lost to... No, they actually beat the Bulls. They Blue. lost to... Um, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. I remember. I mean, it's just been two. It's been the Warriors and somebody else. I'm blanking. But they're 5-2 the and two without no, Devin Booker. Their offensive rating has has come down severely. Yeah, but they're still five and two. Uh, no, of course they're they're a great team as a whole for sure. Their offensive ratings dropped. That's what I was thinking of. Right? So okay, you, what was your ranking? Just a, so I have I probably have Monty Williams number one. I have number two Billy Donovan. Number three Bigger Staff. Number four Kerr. Me personally, look, oh, Kerr at four. Me personally, oh my gosh. Me personally, you were okay. look. Me I, personally, I, look, okay. look. For, coming from me and Riv, I would understand it because. <laughs> We had Golden State as one of the top teams in the West. Of course, you didn't. What do you mean? I still had them number four, but they're That's, one. They're one, and they have okay, they're gonna, I, I, on a sixty win pace. I understand because defensively they've been different. All right, you know, Tokyo, look, Tokyo. I think Steve Kerr right now is the odds-on favorite. I think Bickerstaff is four. Monty Williams, he's done a heck of a job. Warriors best record in the NBA. Suns second best record in the NBA. 
Billy Donovan, the Bulls are second in the East right now, and they've taken a huge jump from when they were last year. Bickerstaff is four, and I want to give him his flowers because he's been amazing, and he actually has this mantra. He has words that the team uh, that the team uses to describe their play, and they use it as basically the words for their season. It's details, toughness, together, together, compete, and one more. They they have that planted around the locker room, and players use that to you know motivate their day to day routines. And Kevin Love has said details is the most important word for these young players because young teams lose because they lack those little details. And they, he thinks details are the most important thing. But those words are plastered around the locker room. He's done a great job. You're right. Jerry Allen has been the ascension this year. He is going to be an all-star. Darius Garland, I hope, is an all-star. I hope he doesn't get snubbed. Jared Allen has 8, 20, and 10 games. I mean, he, That's crazy. He has been amazing this year he has the most blocked dunks in the past five seasons uh the two people behind him are mcgee and andre drummond both former calf centers so cavalier centers are showing out right now on that list and azuka kuro has been a pleasant surprise the past four games he's averaged 18 and a half points 3.8 rebounds shooting 70 percent from the field and 58 percent from three he's had a bunch of highlight reel dunks azuka kuro has been really good but I think right now, Bickerstaff is fourth. He he should be fourth in this race. I know the Cavs were not expected to do this. By any means. But you have to have the best record to win coach of the but year. But like we had. Or do our, something outstanding. I, I 100% get what you're saying. But in, in all, all of these our coaches, preseason rankings, we had the Cavs bottom three. And they're. I didn't. I said playing, bro. All right, we all had their ceiling I as said, being a playing team. I wouldn't be surprised. Yes, if they make but the in our final rankings, we had them in our top in our bottom three. He might be right. Yeah, I know. I'll I have, know I'm right. I'll have to. See. I said I wouldn't be. I know what I, I said. I wouldn't be surprised if Correct. they make the play. Correct. That's, that's what I said. We all said that their ceiling is a playing team, but we all had them in our bottom three. So for them to overachieve in this facet, this quickly. This is gonna. So what's your list? Steve Kerr is one. Monty Williams is two. Billy Donovan is three. Listen, I hundred percent understand having Kerr one, but they've done it. I have to go based off of the Coach of the Year award. You know, I have to go Kerr at one. Obviously, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give I'm gonna give some love to every coach. You know, Kerr at one. Obviously, I think I got Billy at two. You I like know, that. I think what he's done and with with the 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 narrative around this season was that how is this gonna work? You know, how is Demar and Zach gonna fit? Big Vooch, and I feel like Billy Donovan has, and not only made them fit, but he's gotten outstanding contributions from Javante Green, Ao Dusuna, like he, Derrick Jones Jr. When he came in, Tony Bradley in the spurts, he's gotten. So I think you got to show some love, and he's got this team playing defense and being a high-powered offense. So I got Billy at two for me. Of course, Monty Williams at three. You know, people, like you said, the narrative was, are they going to do this? You know, even when Devin Booker went out, they were still winning games. You know, this team is still, they lost two straight and then went on like a big. They started eating. Yeah, they started, I, I don't know, I don't remember how many exact games, but it was a lot of games that they won in a row. So you got to put Monty Williams in that top three. JB at four for me, but I feel like, and this is um, this is maybe being, but me being a little biased, but I feel like, JB is four for me, but Tyron Lue is right behind him for me. I feel like with JB Brickerstaff, you have to look at it, and people thought this team would be bad. You know, people, you know, the narrative was, 
why is he building this big lineup? You know, this big lineup with a bunch of centers and a bunch of big men, and he's turned it around and turned this team into one of the best defensive young teams Mm -hmm. in the league. You know, this team is young, and he's turned them into one of the best defenses in the league while also being a solid offensive team, you know, middle-of-the-packed offensive team. So I think that's impressive, you know, him having the personnel basically the same as last year just with a rookie, him having everybody playing hard, like you said, putting all that knowledge into these young players and Kevin Love also getting that leadership. I think that's cool. But I think, like I said, JB is probably right there, but Tyron Lue's right behind him because losing Kawhi was big and he still got this team winning games without Paul George, without Marcus Morris. Like He's losing guys, but they still win games. I did have them bottom three. I did have them bottom. I had, I had them 13th. I understand. Listen, Riff had them 15th. Yeah. It's not... Now I'm playing. You didn't, I, don't I, did, you, oh. I don't know what you did. <laughs> it's not. No, I think I had Magic 15. Yeah, definitely Magic 15. I, I wouldn't try to lie on something like that. It's just what our expectations were. They we, they were a year away, at least in my eyes, and they're overachieving and doing it this year. Yeah, so they're simple. beyond that. And it's like they have more wins than the Bulls, who are the number two seed. Hey, hey, hey. Three games got canceled. Relax. I, exactly. What I'm, that's what I was okay. going to say. Bulls have had their games postponed, but they have more wins than the Bulls. They have one less win than the Bucks, but they have the same amount of losses. Currently, they're on a five-game win streak, 11-6 and six at home, 9-7 and seven on the road, third in defensive rating, second in opponents' points per game, mm. and they have won 13 games by 10-plus points this season, which is the most in the East and the most since the 17-18 season for them Oof. when LeBron was there. Speaking about LeBron, is there any chance LeBron is looking at this Cavs team and how they're playing and saying, maybe I want to go there next and win one more championship for Cleveland? No, that would be insane. He said he's retiring a Laker. Let's he's going to retire a Laker. He's going to retire L.A. I just I personally don't even think this. I think this team doesn't even like they, they want to rob their young guys. I think they're cool with that. Like what, what is it's he LeBron. on about? What do you want about? It's what, LeBron. About? what do you mean? Like I, I thought you were about to say like, yeah, we don't need LeBron. No, I wasn't. Did I say that? That's what it sounded no, like no, you were about to say. say. What the hell? That's LeBron, bro. I ain't going to say that. I ain't going to say that. But they have here. a hole at the three, though. Who? The Cavs. Oh. That Cavs season doesn't fit LeBron. How so? Too many bigs. He doesn't do big what lineups. Do you mean? He likes shooters he the, everywhere. He had AD and Dwight in the same lineup. Not in for Maybe a season in spurts. But and like, even then, he, he still, still had shooters it. next to him. KCP, you know, but Mobley can stretch. To a, uh, not as he's a rookie. And Garland can facilitate, so you don't really. need... Well, we're not talking about now. I, it wouldn't be now. He can't about get traded. Years. Talking about next season. LeBron, maybe next season or maybe the year after. after, is like, okay, this Cavs team is complete. They need one more player. I'm going to go join man, them. I think he's he's going to die at the Lakers, man. Die at Lakers? I understand what he means. I think you. he might. <laughs> Retire. Like, I, think he'll stay, I think he'll stay at Lakers. I mean. I just, think it would be fun to watch. You think so? Yeah. Of course you would. Why? What? What does that mean? I don't know. I'd be hyped. You, you'll be a Cleveland fan again? I said it. Yo, what goes. the what yo? You said no. You said you just stick with the Lakers. I've said if he signs a so one day. So he goes contract, back to Cleveland? That's sick, bro. So do you but let me ask you, if LeBron were to join this young Cavaliers team, not this year, but in like a year or two, do you think they would win a championship? I, I, I don't know. The, I gotta see how the uh, the rest of the East rounds out. They have a high they have a good chance of defense. Darius Garland, if he becomes a top five point guard, Evan Mobley, an all star, Jared Allen, an all star with LeBron James. Chip could be a chip. What does Brooklyn look like in three in two years? Yeah, probably split up. What does Milwaukee look like? I don't know. Giannis is still young. It, it, I just, they have a high chance, but I'll have to see the rest of how the uh, rest of the East rounds out. 
what do we get another super team? You know, I don't know. Personally. Someone who's been competing with LeBron for a while has been Danny Ainge with Boston, trying to create rosters to beat Miami and, you know, created a super team, which knocked off LeBron. Danny Ainge has now been signed by the Utah Jazz, and he was announced as the team CEO and alternate governor, which means he's the second most powerful person in the organization behind the guy who owns it. His name is Ryan Smith, I believe. What do you think this does for Utah? Is this a big-time move for Utah? Danny Ainge is somebody who he built the big three Celtics. He traded Antoine Walker, who at the time was viewed as a valuable asset. Paul Pierce wanted to get traded. Then he pulled off a trade to get Ray Allen and KG. He traded KG and Pierce to Brooklyn, and that ended up being Tatum and Jalen Brown. Arguably the greatest trade ever. He traded Isaiah Thomas after his breakout season to Cleveland for Kyrie Irving. And he's made 62 trades since 2003. 62 trades. So what does this do for the Utah Jazz? Well, you know, I, I read the um, athletic article. Basically, he st- he's going to have a lot of say, but he still has to answer to one guy. I think it's the Ryan Smith guy. He still has to answer to him. He doesn't have the final, final say, but he gets a lot of pull in there. I think this is a good direction for Utah. You know, I think... We've seen them last offseason make some really good moves. You know, Hassan Whiteside was a sleeper move. Rudy Gay was a really good move. I think they've, they're they still, from what I read from the article, they're still trying to get a premier wing player. Because we all know Utah, that's their weakest problem right now, having a premier wing. And Danny Ainge is the type of guy that can make that move. He's the type of guy, like you said, you, mentioned, you, you already knocked off his credentials. He has a ring. He's built championship team off top of championship team. He's built that Boston team to what it is today. You know, he's put them in strong contention to win a chip. Not win a chip, be a serious contender almost every year. So he knows how to make moves, the right moves, when it's time. And he talked about it. You know, Boston, it was a 16-hour job in day-to-day, and it was, you know, it was stressing him out. But at this job, he's more free. He's more, you know, open. So I think this job will be a little bit more fun. And they're they're building a solid team out there in Utah, you know. So I think this is a good move. This is somebody who could definitely bring in another guy that can maybe be that third star for Donovan Mitchell and Gobert. You know, they have guys who have big cap, so maybe you know they can make a move, pull the trigger, and they can get that wing that really puts them over the top. But Danny Age is definitely the guy to do it. Would you trade Bogey to to get that? Yes. I mean, this team—if it's the right guy, yeah. yeah this yeah. team currently is the best team that that has been surrounded by Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. This is the best. Jazz team with the core of Mitchell and Gobert. Better than last year's for sure. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. Rudy Gay, yep, Hassan yep, Whiteside, yep. those additions are huge. The last year's team was really good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm asking. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Joe Ingles traded. I think Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles are the two guys for me that are most likely going to be on the move to try and get a premier player that can help Utah get over the hump. And I think this move was a great move. Danny Ainge is somebody who knows how to get over the hump. He's a tough negotiator. Sometimes that comes back to yeah. bite him because he doesn't want to give he up these AD. assets. He could have had AD, but you know those were all risks. Same thing with Kawhi. Probably could have had Kawhi, but if you're getting Kawhi, you're only getting him for that season. If Toronto loses that chip, that was a major fail for them. And now you traded a guy who was a top 25 player in Jalen Brown. So th- they, that was that was a huge that was a huge AD. risk. Yeah, they needed to trade it. Uh, I remember one day they had they had cap to get KD too. They was in Boston. Yeah, that was the year that Katie went to mm-hmm. Golden State, and they had a chance to get LeBron. Well, they had cap to get LeBron but one he time. Never too. would have gone there. Yeah, of course not. 
but I think the Jazz are a couple more pieces away. Not even pieces. I think they're a piece or two away. And I think Danny Ainge is the person that can make a trade to get them to where they want to get to, which is the championship. Shoot me, like, I don't want to say, like, shoot me like a star type of player in the league that will put them over, like a wing. Like, not saying this is a guy they can get, but, like, this type of player. I really don't have one off the top of my head. You're saying wing is tough. You were going to say Sabonis? No, no, no. Oh, God. Bradley Beal? No. He's Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's there. But Donovan Mitchell's better. He, yeah. I mean, like, like but you they need wouldn't a bring wing. in. They but need you a wouldn't wing. bring in Bradley Beal. What about a no. Jalen Brown? Yeah, do they need that? They're not. No, I'm Celtics, saying, would they need Celtics. like that type of player, or maybe a little bit? Lower? I don't think they need that type of player. I think they need Andrew Wiggins. Okay, I think an Andrew so Wiggins like can put them in. Like, okay, you're legit. They're legit right now, but I think an Andrew Wiggins That's gives fair. them the defense like that Wiggins they need now. on the perimeter. You yeah. said per- premier. That's why my mind immediately. Andrew Wiggins. Went. They don't need a. They don't need solid. a superstar, all star okay. player. Okay, they just need somebody who can guard on the perimeter, hit open shots, and occasionally create their own basket. They play defense. That is yeah. So I'm only sleeping on them as a contender if they don't make any moves. But like you said, Danny Ainge has has a track record of just being very, very aggressive in the market. He wants to make that move to put his team over the top. So then I'm going to wait until I see that move happen before I change my stance on Utah. going to be very consistent. Until I see it done in the playoffs, I'm sleeping. I know that Utah is a great team in the regular season. One of the best teams in the NBA in the regular season. I need to see it come playoff time. And until they make that move that really locks them up on all aspects of the game, I'm not ready to say that they're the contender. Where do you rank them in the West? I probably would have them in that 3-4 category. Are they better than the Lakers? Right now, probably. But come playoff time, I'm taking us. Of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) You took... Them over Phoenix too. Um, Who Lakers? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think Utah can beat Phoenix. Me too. I don't think so. I think that's the favorite matchup look, for the, the moment, wing. In my opinion. The, but how so? The Golden State goes small, and they're the uh, most but, dangerous right, small ball team saying, in the league. But we just said the Suns and and Utah. That's what we're talking about. No, I'm saying I think I said I think that's their most favorable favorable matchup if they play Phoenix. I disagree. You because you're saying their, their weakness is wings. The one of the Suns' strengths. Is their but wing they players? They also play. The wing know, players aren't anything. But they're Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges, but, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson. Play the Utah Bro, you, so you be realize what you just named more, a lot more. You realize what you just Wait, named. What did you? Name? I said Mikhail. We're talking wing players: Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, and Cam Johnson. You could have stopped at Bridges. I'm not even gonna lie. Mikhael Bridges is a three and D player. He's an excellent perimeter defender. Correct. But he's not somebody who they need puts fear in my heart as I'm, a as, as a, a defender. defender. No, no. Listen, the reason what? why the reason why that's no, wrong as, I mean, as me defending him. Yeah, Bridges is oh, fear him. Okay, okay, okay. The Bro. reason why that matchup is because Bridges isn't a Kawhi. He isn't a Paul George. He's in a LeBron. You're that's why like that's why Utah struggles all, because those they guys, don't have. Rosalie Neal can't guard them. He can guard Bridges. I'm not worried about the offense for the Suns. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and A and have that covered and the fact that Mikel, Jay Crowder and Cam can hit their outside jumpers that's, all you need them to do is clamp up on defense and, and they will you, that's why that's a favorable matchup because what killed Utah is the fact that teams go small and they couldn't guard on the wing Bridges is a spot up shooter right now he don't, you don't have to put uh, have an elite guy guard him your, your backcourt yep, yep. is going to go match up with their backcourt and Rudy Gobert is going to go guard DeAndre Ayton. That's a favorable matchup in terms of you play the Lakers. Now you have to guard LeBron But I feel AD. like they're exactly the same team except the Suns, team, the Suns wings are better. Bog- Bogey is... Um, Bo- 
Uh, Bogdanovich is better than Cameron Johnson and Jay Crowder. Yes. Joe Ingles is better than Cameron Johnson, and he's probably in the same level as Jane Crowder. Jordan Clarkson is better than anybody on the Suns bench. That's literally their favorable matchup. And now they, the, the Jazz do have a small ball lineup because Rudy Gay is there now. Like that, like I don't know what you're talking about, Phoenix. I mean, come on, the Phoenix have five losses this season. I think. Four, oh no, no, they're, they're, listen, they're legit, but I think Utah, Utah wants that. That's the best matchup can, for them. Utah can beat Phoenix. I think that's a seven game series, though. They can beat them. Though. So then, who you Utah can't beat? The Warriors are the only team. That's the only team that I'm like. Uh, that's I'm a bad picking matchup. For it them. is. It is. I mean, I, Warriors are my team to make it out the West. I just think the Suns are better. I personally, personally even think you guys are a bad matchup. I think they're if you're better healthy, coached I think as well. you guys are a bad matchup for them too. I do. I think that, that as well. Like I think teams like teams that but go that's small. That's why I said come come playoff time, I'm taking the Lakers. You mean with Melo at the five? AD. Yeah, AD would have to play the five, but God willing, he didn't tear his ACL. They said it's a knee sprain. All right, best case scenario. No, it's not, because he's still going to be out for seven months. (laughs) As long as he's healthy for playoffs. I mean, look, the lineups I saw from the Lakers yesterday. Atrocious. Didn't they have Rondo, IT, and Westbrook out there? We're going to talk about it later. We're going to talk about it later. That's it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I I think the Jazz, I think this move could take them over the hump. We'll see if Danny Ainge makes any moves. The Lakers recently signed Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas is trying to make a comeback to his career right now. He dropped 42 points and eight assists in his G League debut after weeks and episodes of Riff slandering him and saying he won't be back in the league laughing. You laughed at Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> and I'm going to take control of this because I'm very passionate about this topic. Who cool is it? Isaiah Thomas in his NBA debut, he signed a 10 day contract with the Lakers. 19 points, two rebounds, one assist, one block. Shot five for 12 and two for six from three. I tweeted it out. I said, he's got the same burst. IT is back. (laughs) Isaiah Thomas is back. And I'm glad that he's back because, for one, he's been on such a tough journey. And him getting back and coming back from that hip injury was just marvelous for him to do. Danny Ainge trading him was one of the more despicable moves that I've seen in NBA history. Just no regard for what this guy did for your team, for your franchise. Isaiah Thomas drops 50 points in the playoffs the day after his sister died, and then you trade him after the playoffs are done. He played hurt for your franchise, and you trade him. That's one of the more despicable moves I've ever seen. That's why AD's father didn't want AD to go to the Celtics, because That was just cold. That was cold-blooded. Isaiah Thomas went on all the smoke and said, I never fully recovered from my hip injury because when he got it in Boston, he got a a minor surgery, I think, to, to help him through the process in Cleveland, but he was still hurt. He needed his hip to get replaced. He didn't get his hip replaced. So in Cleveland, he was never 100%. It wasn't until now that he said, I got my metal hip. And now I'm 100%. And it showed. I mean, this guy looks like he can come and sign with the Knicks and drop 20 a game. Like Isaiah Thomas looks like he has that same burst, and I'm happy for him. Just his journey, what he's been through, I'm excited for him and what he's going to do. I hope that he stays with the Lakers. If he doesn't, then he can go somewhere else and make an impact there. But right now he's showing the NBA world he can still play. Against all odds, being 5'9", he's been doubted his entire life. In college, hitting game winners, then 
being the last pick in the draft. As a last pick in the draft, his career averages are 18 points per game and five assists. That is unheard of. He is the best 5'9 player to play in NBA history. He's the only 5'9 player we're ever going to see in our lifetimes average 29 points per game in a season. His 16-17 season was flat-out spectacular, and short people got to stay together, bro. Isaiah <laughs> Thomas is 5'9". He's the best 5'9 basketball player ever. Kendrick Lamar, he's 5'5". He's one of the best rappers ever. Kevin Hart is 5'4". He's one of the best comedians ever. Tom Holland, he just got Zendaya. He's Spider-Man. And he's like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, he's one of the best actors ever. Then you have Joel Moran. He's one of the best podcasters ever. So we, you know, I'm honored to be in that bracket with them. I'm honored 100%. to be mentioned in that in with those list of names. And we got to stick together. So Isaiah Thomas, I'm rooting for him the same way I root for Kevin Hart when he drops a special. Kendrick, when he drops an album. Tom Holland, when he drops a movie. I'm going to watch it very soon. And Isaiah Thomas, when he's making a comeback towards his NBA career, I'm supporting Top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning. <laughs> and you oh, God. were so disrespectful to Isaiah Thomas. It was despicable. I just think he's overrated. You know, five, nine. How can you be overrated at five, nine, bro? He would give you 40. He would drop you also. Probably. You know what? You, probably, you guys are probably right. Yeah, you probably would laugh. I just think, like, in the NBA, like, you don't, you're not going to win with a five, nine guy being the best player on your team, you know? But that's not a hair there. Let's talk, just talk about his performance. Let's talk about, let's get to the, to the to the to the now. Let's talk about how he uh he did have a good debut. I'm not gonna sit here and hate. You know, I unlike you, young man, I can admit when I've been proven wrong. Fibbed. Yeah. I didn't lie. I just was proven wrong. Okay. And as of right now, he's proven me wrong. He he and hit the minutes he got, it was impressive. You know, he did look like he had the same burst. He looked like he had the same moves. Even the the forty point game in the G League, it was embarrassing. Like he was just playing with them. Like he looked like he just looked like he shouldn't have even belonged there at all. And then in the league, he came in. You know, he did his thing. Granted, they lost, but he he him he was one of the bright spots of that night for the Lakers because it wasn't many. They suck, but he did his thing, and I I hope he does show us. I want to see it. I want let's 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 take the ten day because they need help. Let's take the ten day contract off. Let's just plug him in. Get Come off the bench. No, you guys need help. Let's plug off. Let's plug him on the bench. Let's see what he could do for a full season because. I want to be proven wrong, honestly. I want to see if he can do this consistently. You said he got his burst back. I seen him get his burst back. He said he's finally healthy, hundred percent. Okay, fine. So you wasn't healthy in Washington. You wasn't healthy in Cleveland. Fair. I'll nope, give you that. That's fine. Now let's see. Earn these now because now you're in a position where now you got to earn your spot in the NBA. You don't. This ain't no freebie league. You got to earn your spot. So now you're on the ten day. So let's see if you. Oh, and, to and trust me, he's done it before. He's earned his spot before. When he was a 60th pick in the draft in the second round oh by the Sacramento Kings, God. they drafted Jimmer Fredette with the top ten pick. And guess what? Isaiah Thomas outplayed him, and he earned his spot. Isaiah Thomas has earned his spot everywhere he's been. <laughs> he went to Phoenix off the bench. He was great. Got traded to Boston. When he got traded to Boston, they were in a full, full rebuild. Why didn't they fully rebuild? Because Isaiah Thomas led them to the playoffs year in and year out, and was their best player. And had one of the most marvelous seasons we'll ever see in the history of the game. Isaiah Thomas has proven everybody wrong every step of the way. And he's going to prove you wrong too. Like he did already. One game doesn't last, really. Last show, you literally said he'll never be in the league. One week later, he's back in the league. It wasn't even one week. It was like a month. We said that a month ago. It's cool though. We'll see. I don't know how to feel about IT personally. He's on your team. I, exactly why I don't know how to feel I mean, about him. You, how do you feel about Rondo? Okay, then you should feel excited about IT. You think so? 
Has Rondo scored 10 points all year? No, nah, but he, he gets his rebounds. He gets his assists. Like, he does his job off the bench. I do think we need we need a bench piece that could give us offensive output. And if IT's going to do that for us, I'm more than with it. He's going to cook a second team, for sure. First team, that's, that's where my question is. I don't expect him to see too many first-team opportunities going against the other team's first team. But if he gets to a point where he's, he's frying them up, then we'll start to see. You know, I wouldn't be too opposed to him running with the ones. How is he going to run but, with the ones? But I'm just saying, like, in the stretch of a game where he's cooking more so than someone who was originally starting the game, it's Westbrook? just the feng shui of a game. No, not Westbrook. <laughs> Westbrook's been doing his thing. I don't know why you're slandering Westbrook. No, I'm saying because that would be he can't play the yeah, two. I was like, you, who? It cannot play the two. They had him out there. Yeah, I was last gonna say, night. why can't he play the two? If you saw that, why can't he play the two? Well, first of all, he's five nine. Okay. Second understand. of all, he's not good on defense. Third of all, you rolled out a lineup of it Rondo and Westbrook. Can, you can, I don't know. He looked shade. good on defense. He had a block on Nas Reed. You saw that? He got up for that. <laughs> but he, he still, played good on defense last night. You you could still you could shade him a little bit on defense. The only What's your defensive my, team right now? That was what I was going to say. Our defense right now is sketchy and we can't have any type of liability on defense when we have a bunch of them already. And if AD's going to miss time, we're even more screwed defensively. So I don't know. That's why I have my doubts, but I'm optimistic. He had a really great performance last night for for it being his debut. 19 points, leading our team in points. You take that 10 times out of 10. We need to stop acting like this is his debut I know. rookie well, this year. Is, like, but it was his return. He hasn't been here, man. Like he know he know what the league is. Man. I understand, but you no one expected it to to lead the Lakers in points last night, regardless of how it happened. That it happened. Point, you know man. what I'm saying? And you so. watch him play. On a, on a left wing pump fake side step three point Yo, shot that was nice that was, that was nice. that move was crazy the floaters that he had it it felt like the basketball guys were leaning towards that floater that, move, Nothing that, but that net. side step move was crazy yeah, said, yeah it was crazy that's what I hit you with <laughs> come on man come on <laughs> <laughs> he said come on man he swears he's a great defender bro that's what I apparently we're that's on what the street people be telling that's yeah, what we're, you mean we're on the I, I don't talk about people what's your defensive about? rating like a 102, respectfully. All right, and 2K, though, like, what? what's your on-ball? 91. Oof, my Post God. defense is like a 55, though. Oh, In yeah, real life, work. what's your on-ball defense rating? Like a 91. You think it's that? Yeah. I feel okay. like it is like a 78. 91's uh, high, bro. 91, I, I really locked down, but my post is like a 55. <laughs> like, it's really bad. So on the perimeter, no one's touching you? On the perimeter, I can stop a lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. Steel is like an 81. Okay. Locks is like a what about your uh, your um reflections or deflections? Uh, deflections, yeah. Nah, I'm more of like a man to man, so probably like a sixty eight. I'm really a pest menace. Okay, I like that. What's like, your shot contest that? Oh, like a 89. I saw a picture of him contesting a shot. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah, he was like <laughs> 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 Only picture I saw of Riff, he was taking the ball up the court. Yeah. Point guard. He plays like George Hill. <laughs> nah, George Hill can shoot. <laughs> you can't facts. Nah, not threes, man. You mid range shooter? You Caruso? Fuck no. Oh, excuse me. No. Uh, you, apparently I'm, we could curse nowadays, but you just can't go overboard. I'm like Rondo, Boston. Rondo. I mean, these episodes aren't monetized on YouTube. Okay. And like the full episodes, the full length episodes, they're not monetized on YouTube. Yeah, yeah I'm like because I know we curse and I don't want to get deep. I'm like Boston Rondo. You're like Boston Rondo. Yeah. You began assists, rebounds. Yeah, diamond, diamond. You're a playmaker? Yeah. Playmaker. If he can't shoot, bro, he's got to do something. Playmaking, lay the ball up, bro. 
What's your you know what you're thinking? What you're thinking finishing? of me as the old player. That's what it is, bro. What's your finishing, bro? I don't do that no more. Finishing? Like 83. Yo, he's... This is impressive. Park. This is Park. Impressive. You know I ain't thinking like, like it's ain't NBA. Like, I'm a 61. Yeah, that's Park. <laughs> 61. <laughs> oh, my God. Isaiah Thomas, man, proving the world wrong right Let's now. Hope. Let's hope, man. I pray. We need some. We need some right now. Even still, we're 16 and 14. Like, we're not what I wanted, clearly. That being said, but you wanted 61, 65, wins. 65. That was really but, the dumbest. But we just thing haven't been healthy said. together. But when we're all healthy together, we play really good basketball. It's just one of the others out, and it sucks. Mm. But God willing, we get together towards the end of the season. We make a run, we make it happen. Something that you're hoping you're going to be right about as the season progresses. And I slightly have been. Are the Washington Wizards? There we the go. Washington Wizards started out ten and three to begin the season, and since then they are on a four-game losing streak. They have lost seven of their eight. They are eight and four at home and seven and eleven on the road. One in six in their last seven road games, and up coming next they have the Jazz on the road, the Nets on the road, the no. Knicks on the road. Maybe. What do you think about the Wizards? Are were they frauds all along? I'll let you start, Drew. They are who we thought they were. Right now, they rank 23rd offensive rating, 20th in defensive rating, and this all-world Montrez Harrell, right, averaging 18 points a game, slowly but surely getting back to what we were expecting, that 14, 15, like four, I think he's averaging 14.5. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Just getting back to what Trez, we know who he is. That What he's showing these last couple of games is who Trez is. We're seeing Kyle Kuzma get back to to the play that that we've grown accustomed to over these last couple of years, uh, shooting forty two percent from the field, thirty four percent from three. Dimwitty, another player who has struggled, and that's the biggest surprise for me personally. I thought Dimwitty would be a little bit better up to this point. He has not been shooting below forty percent from the field, shooting thirty three percent from the three point range. He's averaging under thirteen points per game. That's been a huge surprise for me, and. Bradley Beal, his efficiency this year just hasn't been there. And what was really at the forefront of this team's success early on was their defense. And slowly but surely, their defense has just not been what it was earlier this year. What I'm going to attest this to was a team with players that are mediocre, slightly above maybe, got off to a really hot start. And when you're in the NBA, you get hot. It's it's you're in the NBA for a reason. You you have stretches where you play really really well, but eventually reality hits and you play to the expectation of what everyone had thought you were going to play like coming into the season. I was not high on the Wizards. I I thought that the trade between Russ, they got a bunch of whatever players and I really wasn't thinking anything of it. I thought Bradley Beal would be out of there come trade deadline. He needs to understand that his time with Washington Wizards is not going to benefit his career. And to the help of, or to the credit of the, the rest of the guys on this team, Bradley Beal hasn't been playing his absolute best. So all around, the Wizards have just looked very, very shady. Of course, at the beginning of the season, they were playing very, very well. And I looked like I didn't know what I was talking about. But I let time play, you know, take its course. And the Wizards are looking as I had expected. Defensively, they're falling off, and offensively, there's no one that's playing consistent at all. These last eight games are what has been derailing the Wizards. Look at Dinwiddie. He's averaging nine points, five rebounds, and five assists in the last eight games, shooting 34% from the field and 21% from three. Montrez Harrell is averaging nine points, six rebounds, 
and shooting 51% from the field in the last eight games. And that's usually at 64%. He shoots 64% at, at, you know, from the field for this season. I think Montrezl Hill is going to pick it up. I'm not totally (laughs) out on the Wizards just yet. Spencer Dinwiddie is the guy who has to play better, but to his credit, he doesn't feel like he's finding a rhythm because in his own words, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said that the team, it's Bradley Beal and it's everybody else. So it's Bradley Beal and everybody else gets an equal slice of the pie instead of it being Beal and Dinwiddie. And Wes Unsell Jr. said Beal and Dinwiddie have to get on the right page for us to have success. And he thinks they defer to each other too much. We've got to find a balance where they can both stay aggressive, not only to score, but to play make. The Wizards are 3-0 without Bradley Beal this season. Granted, it's been against the Pelicans, Orlando, and Indiana. They're not good teams. But they've, they've played much better because I think Bradley Beal ices possessions because he's such an ISO-centric player, and he's a ball-dominant player. Beal doesn't have the greatest handle in the world. He's not the best playmaker. He's an average playmaker at best, and that hurts the team a lot. Part of our concerns about the Wizards before the season, when, when Keith was on the show, we talked about it, we laughed about it. Who's going to playmake for the Wizards? They don't have any playmaker. They don't have a true point guard. Dinwiddie is a scoring guard. He's not a true point guard. Beal is not a playmaker. Right now, we see that that's playing them right now. And I just want to take a victory lap on Bradley Beal right now. Because Bradley Beal is somebody who I've called overrated for the past two seasons. But because he's averaging 30 and leading the league in scoring some weeks and all this and all that. Oh, how can he possibly be overrated? How can he not be a top 15 or 20 player in the NBA? Well, yeah, Beal was averaging 30 because he was on a team with virtually nobody. But now, once you see that Bradley Beal is surrounded by okay NBA talent, not even outstanding NBA talent, he's still the first option on his team. He just has other options that are okay now. He's down to 20, 22 points per game on the season, shooting career lows. Because Bradley Beal is somebody who scored so much because he took so much shots, not because he was that great of a player. And that's what always, that's what was my point. Before the season, because Beal came off that year out averaging 30, you know, some people had Beal over Devin Booker. They had Bradley Beal over Zach Levine. Donovan they had Mitchell. Bradley Beal over Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, these guys. Bradley Beal's not a top five shooting guard in the NBA. James Harden and Kyrie are both better. Whoever you want to start at, at the two, they're both better. Donovan Mitchell is better. Zach Levine is better. Devin Booker is better. And Jalen Brown is better. Bradley Beal's not a top five point guard. He fooled all of you guys. Bradley Beal fooled you guys with his back-to-back 30-point seasons. Mm. He fooled you guys because he took a lot of shots and he got a lot of points because of it. But in reality, Bradley Beal has always been a 22 to 24 point per game score when he's surrounded by OK NBA players. And right now, the Wizards and Wizards fans are growing tired of the fact that Beal is failing to coexist with another point guard again. With John Wall, it happened. He couldn't coexist with John Wall. They had chemistry issues all the time. With Russell Westbrook, his loan season, they, the Wizards didn't start winning until Russell Westbrook took the mantle and said, okay, I'm going to start carrying now. Beal still did amazing, but Russell Westbrook took on those ball-handling responsibilities, and that's why they started winning. Now with Dinwiddie, here's another point guard that can't fit with Bradley Beal because, you know, it's hard enough to fit with 
it's hard enough for two guards to fit with each other. You have to complement each other's games really well. But this is yet another guard who is failing to fit with Bradley Beal. At some point, you can't look at these guys and say they're the problem. You got to look at Bradley Beal and say he's the problem. Bradley Beal has been an overrated player for the past couple of seasons, and now it's finally showing. All right, well, you said a lot. Um, <sighs> damn, you said damn near everything. Um, Washington, you know, it's and it's you, you, you touched on a lot of things. I just want to go into Washington just for a little bit, just the team in general. This team just isn't a, a good offensive team, you know, aside from, you know, you look at their numbers, 27th and three-point percentage, you know, fifth and two-point percentage, so that's good. 19th and free throw percentage, you know, this team is just not that efficient, you know. And like you said, the defense that was so good in the beginning of the season, it hasn't been good. You know, you look at these players. I remember, and like you said, Bradley Bill, you know, it's it's hard enough when you have a backcourt and you expect them to be prolific, you need you need guys to mask the other guy's weakness. Steph and Clay, they work so well because Clay plays defense. Steph's not that good on defense. Steph is a great ball handler. Clay's not a great ball handler. They complement each other. The reason why Dame and CJ don't really, because they both do the same things well, but they both have the same weaknesses. The same with Dinwiddie and Bradley Beal. They both have the same weaknesses. Not that great, you know, playmakers. Both are not that great defenders. It's it's the same thing. Both are kind of isocentric. Bradley Bill, like you said, his numbers don't look great. And we need to, I, this year, I expected Bradley Bill to take that next step. Like, yo, this is a good team. Lead them to the playoffs. We expect this of you. You you have been put on this pedestal that you're that type of guy. Lead them. And he just, they're right now they're in the playoffs, but they're stumbling. I remember when you guys told me Spencer Dinwiddie and Gordon Hayward were on the same level. I really, really laughed at you guys because it was really insane. Whoa, 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 whoa. It, you guys? No, no, no. Really, Thank well, JC's man. not here, but Facts. I'm going to speak to his ghost. I really, like, <laughs> you guys ghost. really told me they were on the same level. I tried to tell you, no, they're not. And Spencer Dinwiddie's showing you. He's really, he's not, he. He's a regular dude. He's it's just a bad stretch, bro. Yeah, They I are on the same I, level. I don't know, bro. This whole season, he's been mid. Listen. He's had his moments. He's average, He averages 13 points a game right now. Less than. Less than. I, I rounded it. Uh, you're generous. Yeah, it was 12.8. I'm yeah. around right, it. You're not 13. Yeah. So That's he averaged 13 points per game right now. Maybe he might kick up. Maybe he might not. Right. right now, he's not on Hayward's level right now. And I, I tried to explain. Right. Then would he fooled you guys. You'll win the battle. You won't win the war. Because at the end of the year, they're going to uh, average around the same points. Oh, Mike. Bro, he's going to have to turn up. He is going to turn up. He's almost at 20, Gordon Hayward. Then what he's going to turn up sooner rather than later, bro. I trust, 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 trust. trust. All right. <laughs> the reason why I was so passionate about that Bradley Beal thing was because last year I said Bradley Beal wasn't a top 15 player despite averaging 30 points per game. And everybody clowned it and said it was a bad take. They told me, how is Paul George better than Beal? How is Jimmy Butler better than Beal? Well, that's because you're only looking at points. And you only measure the game by that. You're a box score watcher because when you watch, <laughs> when you Got watch him. through the actual games, there's no way you can possibly think Beal is better than PG or Jimmy Butler. Bradley Beal is an overrated player. He, the Wizards shouldn't pay him. They shouldn't extend him because mm. he's a replaceable player. Mm. His wife called out this podcast, and a, a Wizards beat reporter called out our podcast as well. And she's like, "Who are these guys saying Beal isn't a superstar?" And then she was like, Ray Allen is better than Bradley Beal. Ray Allen, you know, Ray Allen was, was no, she said Bradley Beal was better than Ray Allen. What? The like, she she said that. She, and because I said that Bradley Beal is not a superstar. He's like a Ray Allen guy. He's like, he's like a tier below, but I'm talking about Ray Allen like in Boston because we know uh, yeah. with the Sonics and, he was and a freak. He, yeah, with the Bucks, he was a dog. 
And then she was like, Beal is just as good as Ray Allen. Like, yo, you don't watch basketball because <laughs> Ray Allen was by far better than Beal. It wasn't even close. And now Bradley Beal is showing everybody his true colors. And yet, yet again, another year, he's going to start complaining again, going to start pouting. And you had a chance to leave a while ago, bro. And you're still in Washington. It's his fault that the Wizards, I, I think he deserves most of the blame for the Wizards struggling. I do. And I think he has to figure out what he wants to be. Do you want to win and have your averages go down or do you want to lose and be a high volume score? It's up to him. And this, I think he's to this made, point, I think he's, he's made taking a ladder. See, I think he's then, made that choice. But already. then you have to talk, keep that same energy towards Dame then. Dame hasn't had the same efficiencies that he's it's had so, in the past. It's different because Dame has made a Western Conference Finals and he's in a, he's Portland has made the playoffs eight straight seasons. But Bradley Beal season Brad, Bradley Beal hasn't made the playoffs um, since John Wall got injured until Russell Westbrook came. I'm not disagreeing with your Bradley Beal point at all. I'm just saying then we have to keep that same Well, Dame's energy. resume is a lot better than I agree, Beals. but we're talking off this season because Dame could have left this offseason. He easily could have. Well, Beal's been saying he wants to leave for the past three seasons. Has he been saying he's wanted to leave? Not saying he wants to leave, but Beal keeps saying he wants to win. Let me say that. There he's been go. saying he wants to win for the past three seasons. And there's you're not dumb. You know you can't win in Washington. And, like, there's and no way. When we when we did the top twenty players, like we named twenty players better than Bradley Beal. You know who we didn't even name? John Morant. Who's taking a huge leap this year? You're who's taking Ja over him clean? Easily. I'm taking John Morant over Bradley Beal easily. I'm taking LaMelo over Bradley Beal easily. So then I'm are, taking, you, are you taking Garland over? I'm taking Anthony Edwards is better than Bradley Beal. Are you taking Garland over Bradley Beal? Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Not yet. But okay. you, you mentioned Ant. I didn't even mention Ant. At the time, I don't think it was ready. Beal, ready Beal is not a top six shooting guard in the NBA. Devin Booker's better. Zach Levine's better. Donovan Mitchell's better. Jalen Brown's better. James Harden, Kyrie. Anthony Edwards is better. SGA or Beal? SG, I'm taking SGA over Bradley Beal. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Bradley Beal has SGA's slipped up. At the end of the season, SGA got it, maybe. SGA's a dog. He like, is Brad, that, that's, how, that's how overrated Bradley Beal is, though. Like People think he's in this tier. OKC, they win with Shea. He went 16 stink. and 19, and that roster is a, is a laughing stock. It's not good. <laughs> so, you know, Beal, he's been an overrated guy for... for <laughs> I've, been, I've been preaching it. I've been preaching it to, 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 to no audience. But now, got it. You, we got it. Now, now we got Beal. Like you know, we got you. We got you struggling. <laughs> we got you. He was balling last year. I couldn't really say it with an emphasis. But now he's averaging twenty two. I got you. You know, you now, now, you, you know, there's nothing you can say. Twenty seven percent from the. He's been bad. Yeah, he's three point line. Like forty three from the field, right? Forty five. So, okay, so. that was that's a, that's been a three year take, bro. That, <laughs> that people have been hating on because he averages so much points. This team stinks. Oh, bro, it's horrible. It's horrible. And they're still better than the Lakers. And the Pacers. Now I'm playing. <laughs> Come on now. Pacers. They're better than close. your Pacers. Close. They are better than the Pacers. Yeah, way on better paper than paper right now because they were hot early. Wait till my Pacers get hot. What? Wait. Oh, God. <laughs> do, we, do, we, do you think Washington doesn't make the playoffs? I think they're a playing team. They're a playing team. Playing team. Yeah. Actually, give me a sec. Give me a sec, and then we end it. Let me see. Honestly. That's tough, man. Washington, it's just, I don't know, man. Just Kuzma's Six, inconsistent. Sixers, Sixers will make it over them because Sixers are 8th. Hawks are ninth. Celtics are 10th, maybe. Damn. Knicks are 11th, right? And the Raptors are 11th. Knicks are 12th. Oh, my God. Yeah, stink. I'll tell you what. I'm going to say Wizards don't make it. Okay. They don't make it. Don't make it like playing? They don't make the plan. Who? He said the Wizards. Wizards don't make the plan. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll say this, though. Um, before the, To start the show, we talked about Kyrie. 
he has entered health and safety protocols. I think it's like, a, what Seb told me was like a precaution. He has to like pass the five days. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But this is going to do it for episode 138 of the Pick Aside podcast. You guys can follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. And a quick happy birthday to Andrew. Make sure you drop happy birthday you, in man. the comment section down below. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.